You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hogger Liberty Podcast. This is episode number 212 of East Andrew favorite podcast. Jeremiah Morrill here, joined by producer Zach Bertram and co-host Jesse Riddle for today. Jesse, welcome, man. Thank you. Uh, what, uh, what are we talking about today? Uh, looks like we're going to do... Uh, well, there's actually... Okay. Uh, uh, Steve Horowitz passed away on, on Sunday... So I think this is more or less going to be a little like memorial show. Yeah, I mean we're going to, I, yeah, talk about Steve and what he meant to us. He was he was a guest here uh, three times, uh, most recently. recently earlier this month. So yeah, two uh, or three shows ago. So. Yeah, very very uh, <laughs> surprising uh, news on on yeah surprising but not it's we'll get into it. Um, this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Ho- sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh, but hopefully you'll always learn something new. Uh, the show is brought to you by, uh, by our folks, uh, our friends, uh, that help the show out on Patreon. Patreon. I think we're up to about 27 or 28 folks that give every month. It's, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, we appreciate it very much. It keeps it, uh, moderately uh, cool in here. Uh, today we are, uh, <laughs> we're, we're begging for donations. <laughs> no, no, honestly, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those that I, I just got too cheap, man. Uh, the, uh, a very cheap person. We've got the nest, we got the nest thermostat and, uh, what do you have it set to? Well, it's set to off. It was set, <laughs> it was set to off until yesterday about midday and I turned it on and it was like 80 something in here and I didn't set it in time, essentially. The, we we did the show on Tuesday instead of Thursday, so my head wasn't in the right space. Yeah, a day or two ahead of time. Normally it's fine, but uh, it's on me, so it's a little toasty in here. It's uh, seventy six, and when you're my size and Jesse's size, anything over seventy four point five, it's toasty. Is like being in in the Caribbean, <clears throat> especially with the humidity the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's very warm, but uh, well, even Zach was you know our avid runner was. Complaining oh, this is, about this how hot it was. Weather is awful. So, without Dakota here, though, we've uh, we've broken the glass and we uh, we pressed the button on the ceiling fan and we went to stage three ceiling fan. Yeah, what, stage three Max ceiling cooling. fan with doors open. Max Not cooling outside doors. Clearly, <laughs> uh, there is a it's, breeze on my legs for some reason. That's the only place I'm feeling cooler. You felt a tingle down there. I get right arm. Right on the breeze on my right arm. Yeah. You guys are sucking up all of the breeze. I have none of it. <laughs> I got none going well, the, for me. Could, I can see it behind you. You need to get one of the, you need to get a redirector, uh, reflector for this thing over here. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, we do have to thank the patrons, uh, Christy Avery, Jonathan Phillips, Anthony Meyer, and Fiddler's Green Cigar Company, Chris Lamb, are, uh, are all donating over $50 a month to the show, which gets them read every single episode. I think Chris Lamb is coming up on a, uh, one of our later July episodes. Uh, there's a link that, uh, that, uh, Jesse made and Zach or Jesse's going to post in the, uh, in the Facebook live chat, uh, that talks about all the merch we have available. Uh, there's a mug. There's a, there's a few, three or four different shirts out there. 
probably a pandemic mask in case you have to fly or ride a public transportation of some sort. Uh, so you can check that out over there too. So yeah, this, uh, this episode turned, turned into more of a somber affair than we were, than we were planning for. Uh, episode 208, uh, Steve, uh, Steve Horowitz was our guest, uh, very good friend of the show. And, uh, Steve had been battling, uh, I want to get the uh, the term right. It's called multiple myeloma, which is a, a blood cancer, essentially. Is that right, Jesse? Uh, based on what little research I've done, yes. Okay. I'm trying uh, to remember if that's similar to what my father had, but I'm so, not sure. So Steve Steve battled this for uh, the entire time I knew him. He, he was diagnosed in 2017, and he was first on our show uh, in 2018. Uh, did two episodes with us then. And then throughout the cancer battle, he was unable to travel for a while. And then the COVID pandemic happened. And finally, he was doing well enough and the world had opened up that uh, we were very excited to have Steve come back and do another episode with us. And right as uh, right as the show was uh, getting ready to tape, he started to have his his counts were starting to go the wrong way. Uh, and we had a very we, we our conversation wasn't really about cancer, but it was also it surrounded the conversation we had with him at dinner a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it was upbeat. He was excited about the, uh, the, the advancements in science and things that had happened. And you, you got you and Jesse, uh, you, Jesse and Dakota, and along with Steve, were having a conversation way beyond what I understood uh, about some of the new treatments he was trying. Yeah. I think we were talking about, uh, 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 explicitly CRISPR and something else, but um, yeah, just was and uh, I think we were talking about just MMR, MRA, uh, whatever the vaccines that we have, right? Right. Uh, MNRA, mRNA. Yeah, Someone I, don't like I don't like acronyms, but um, yeah, we just talked about that, and like he was pretty stoked about all that, and um, he had mentioned something, but I, I can't remember like off the top of my head what it was that I wanted to look up later, but I never did. So uh, hopefully one day, you know, just maybe when I'm sleeping or something, it'll come to me and I can remember what the heck it was. But yeah, uh, it was, you know, he had talked about not feeling well uh, before the show. Um, and it kind of was like sketchy to me if he was going to be able to make it. Uh, but after the show, like he was like, pumped he's like, super upbeat yeah he was back. like i think like he like about three or four times he made references to i'm going to come back and we're going to talk about this we're going to talk about cancer stuff we're right. going to talk they were yeah. he yeah. he was in it it was definitely we, future planning uh you know not thinking he was not a he was not living a pessimistic lifestyle by any stretch of the imagination um but i think like being able to <laughs> given the you probably the week he had before right um being able to be around people and just talk about his passion stuff is probably like gave him like a, uh, almost essential, like what I would think like a runner's high is, you know, where you're just like feeling pretty good. And I don't know. When I come away from conversations that are stimulating, I always feel really good. Yep. Well, that's um, what Steve, Steve told us that night. He's like, I was 50% coming into this night and I feel like 75% by the time he got home. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's, well, he, he like that night he made a post. You can go look where, uh, he even, he made a post about how good he felt. Um, you know, and uh, was actually having trouble sleeping, which was like, I don't want to say like trouble sleeping, but he wasn't as tired as he typically had been. So, um, yeah, it's, I wouldn't say it was, uh, I, we knew he was like not doing well, but, you know, it, we also thought he was doing better. So up until like a few days after the show. Right. So. Yeah. And that's the, that's the part of it is that he, you know, it's, 
with anybody that's in a cancer battle, but particularly this one, Steve, he knew years ago that it was going to ultimately be terminal, but you didn't know if it was going to be two years or four years or 10 years or whatever, whatever that number is. And you continue to have options and continue to fight. And uh, it sounds like they went with the chemotherapy route and then a number of complications happened. And, and then you know, yeah, yeah, in a way that felt very sudden to us compared to what the condition he was in just a few weeks ago. Yep. Uh, but very, very much dear to us. Uh, tributes uh, came in from uh, from the, that were published in the Cato Institute's uh, website, Forbes Magazine, Reason Magazine. Uh, I don't think it's a stretch to say that, as far in the libertarian world, he was he was our economist. He was the the top economist for modern libertarianism. Yeah, we didn't have. Um, I mean, there's. I'm, I'm sure there's some others, right? But it, for us, he's definitely our economist. Um, the he was definitely pushed the agenda as far as writing. He wrote a lot. And I obviously I need to go back to his catalog because he like he published a lot for libertarianism.org. Um, he published some for Cato published. There's a couple, at least one or two interviews. I did, like besides the tributes that reason did, there's at least one or two, I think interviews uh, with reason. I've recently watched before coming on to the show because um, I was friends with, uh, you know, like virtual friends with him or whatever. Uh, but uh, I never met him in person until the show. Uh, so I felt like my, I need to do my due diligence to listen to some of his content. And, um, the, uh, I was going to buy a book to have him sign it like a nerd that I am. Uh, and then obviously I, I, <laughs> I didn't, but, um, there's an interview, uh, with him on a podcast where he talks about, uh, his book, uh, Hayek's modern family. And it's, it's a really good interview. And I think people should listen to it because, um, you know, it kind of talks about, you know, uh, like the economic, like the Austrian economics, uh, it kind of represents, um, and definitely Hayek's viewpoint or interpretation, right. Is that, um, you know, if it wasn't for, um, you know, if it wasn't for what we do, like if it wasn't for innovation, right. Um, more or less, let's say that. Um, we would still be stuck in these like paradigms that would be really terrible for people. Um, you know, women getting extra rights and all that stuff. It, he, t- he talks a lot about that. Um, and just, uh, it's, you should just listen to it. The book I think is really long and it's also like, I don't know how his, I think his books were set up like, uh, pay to print or whatever, but, um, there wasn't any available when I looked last time. So, Oh, hopefully one day it comes out, it's available so I can read it or something. But, uh, I would also wish that he would have had like audio books cause it's easier for me cause I drive and walk a lot. So, um, but anyways, yeah, I would highly recommend listening to those. So, so there are, uh, if you're, if you're a patron, I, in our show notes, we have, uh, we do have a number of links put together for the, uh, the items that we referenced, uh, on the tribute side. Uh, but also links back to the shows where Steve was with us. Uh, the first one with he was on was that episode number 45, uh, which was uh, February of 2018, uh, which we dealt with uh, economic development around wind energy, which is a big issue in uh, in this community at the time. And he also uh, got into some conversations about Jordan Peterson that uh, that are out on YouTube uh, and have been pretty popular. Uh, and then we also uh, episode 74, which I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to put that episode because it's it's been a while and uh, I don't want people to have to scroll so far back. Uh, but Steve uh, Steve was very good on episode 74. Uh, talking about uh, shopping local and the morality of shopping local versus buying online. 
Uh, and he also uh, he also was just the professor on the show when uh, young Mason Roddinghouse uh, called in and shared his uh, his Andy Gross story. It was the there was a big controversy of uh, this puppeteer type person I think that was uh, doing rush at Purdue University. Uh, the uh, the the entry the the first night and made massive national news. And uh, there, oh, yeah, there's that right, story. That's, right. that's that yeah. story on there too. So all of those links are there. And I think I said I think we're going to put episode 74 on the tail end of this. You guys can can listen to that and some of uh, Steve's Steve's opinion uh, opinions on uh, on the matters of the day. And even just go back and listen to uh, episode 208. Obviously, if you're listening now, you may have just caught that in your in your feed recently. Uh, but uh, I thought some of the deeper cuts would be good to uh, to go back and 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 listen to. Uh, the family is asking for uh, for folks to uh, to donate uh, to the Multiple Myeloma Research Foundation. Uh, so if uh, if people are interested or able, uh, look it up. I know a number of employers are uh, are doubling up. So if you put a hundred bucks in, a number of employers will match that, and all of a sudden your hundred dollars becomes two hundred dollars. And then something Steve and I talked about all the time uh, was uh, was the need for blood platelets and plasma and uh, and just whole blood donations. Uh, so you can do that through the, uh, if you're local through the, uh, Indiana, uh, blood center, which is known as Versity now, uh, or through the Red Cross. So I've got a donation coming up in, uh, in early July. Uh, that'll be my 40th one with the, uh, Indiana blood center. And we'll do it to, uh, to remember Steve. Um, do you pregame for those? Uh, I drink, I try to drink water. Yeah. But it's not, it's not bad. You're done in like 15 minutes. Yeah, I've never, uh, I feel like Come I've donated. Come with me. Will you do it with me? I'm not going to do that. I'll, we'll but hold hands. As a person who recently started, I didn't start till like last year, right when COVID started. The first one can be a doozy because yeah. your body doesn't know what's going on. Does it wipe you out? Yeah. Like I thought I had COVID after the first <laughs> one, like, because the next day I think I slept like off and on the whole, I mean, it was really good that I was off work because they were figuring out what to do with us at that point. It was right when the shutdown started. And then after that, I, they've been fine. Yeah. If you're, you know, don't do it. If you're playing on like, you know, good if you're going to move a bunch of furniture, yeah, if you're going to do heavy exertional stuff, give yourself a couple of days, but like the normal ones don't seem to be too bad. I've done the double red ones and that kind of wiped me out for running, but for day to day life, it didn't do much. But yeah, the first one, your body doesn't know what happened. And it's really confused and you're really worn out, but you take like the next day you're fine. I generally do it at, you know, after work. So four or five, six o'clock in the evening, give blood, drink a little something there, some water, some juice, whatever. Right. Eat dinner. You go to bed next day. You're fine. Not a big deal. Yeah. Not a big deal. Very I think easy. I've done it, but I think I was like younger. You could, can, can kids donate blood? I believe you have to be. 18, 18, but you might be able to do it at 16 with, uh, with a parental signature. Yeah. I just I want to say like that's plausible, before, but maybe I want to see him take a minor and go over that questionnaire with, uh, <laughs> that they make you go through because it's the most bizarre. There are some tough questions. I asked a lady about one of them because it'll ask you specifically, like, were you in the Falkland islands or like, were you in Ireland between like 1984 and 19 and it's mad cow disease. There's certain huh. spots, and they said there are people that served in the military that they were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. They can never donate blood because there is <clears throat> there's stuff that you can get you can't diagnose without an autopsy. Like literally, they can't diagnose it with you unless you're dead. So they don't want you to donate blood. But yeah, it's a real funny questionnaire to fill out. Huh? Yeah, interesting. It's a geopolitical lesson. So, it's not bad. Yeah, but there there is nothing I. There is absolutely nothing that can really replace a blood donation. So, not yet. If you're if you're listening to this and you are able physically able to do it, uh, make an appointment. 
do it, uh, see how it goes. It takes a doesn't take a heck of a lot of time. Blood blood bus comes through town. I know it's coming to Newcastle in July. I've got my uh, oh look at the uh, look at the old calendar right here because it's coming out to the Henry County Fair. It's almost fair season in Newcastle, but uh, yeah, July twelfth that uh, that afternoon. So I'm going to try to work on Jesse. It's going to be a date. I got to plan stuff around it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got you got. They uh, give the, you juice and fruit snacks like the Red Cross do. Heck yeah, they do. They'll give yeah. you cookies. They'll give you. Yeah. They'll give you juice. Little, usually, yeah, they got a little thing of snacks and. They've got the good cookies too. I mean, they've got like the who's the the single or the double wrap. You know, it's a purple container or a purple cellophane or. Uh, oh really? Yeah, it's, I've, I've always donated with the Red Cross. It's, so. They're like Otis Spunkmeyer kind of thing. Oh, they're they're good. I usually take some of the fruit snacks when. Yeah, they'll load you up. I love fruit snacks. They 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 won't tell you no. You can just take yeah. as much you want. You could really, really put it to them. They want your blood. We, by the way, everybody, we know there's an echo. <laughs> it is what it is. It. If you're, if you're having trouble with the echo on the, uh, on the, on the audio side, on the video, yeah, I can guarantee that the, the audio podcast will be brilliant. So yeah. you'll be okay. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on with Steve here real quick was that he was very passionate about cancer research. Some of the conversations we had on the technology side were, you know, he got an extra, he got four years after his diagnosis. Uh, and he also did some extensive writing, uh, over on econlib.org. Uh, there's a article called the real cost of cancer, expensive cancer drugs, uh, where he did an analysis of what some of, some of these drugs cost and how, how they actually means test you. And he was like, I'm in the top 5% of income earners, but I still got the discount at whatever rate. Right. Uh, and he did, he did just fine. And he said, by the way, there's an opportunity cost in these expensive drugs. If it keeps you going for two or three more years, you get uh, you get that much more production out of you as a member of society. And you, there's also the the thought of, well, you didn't have a hospital admitted, so you saved that money as well. So really, really good, uh, uh, just a great thought leader. I will say that from my side, I'm I'm very privileged to have actually had the chance to meet him and have a relationship with Steve, and he's going to be greatly missed. Sunday was pretty pretty bummer, man. I was I was. Sunday Sunday was not fun. Uh, coming coming home from that, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Coming home to that, you told me about it, and I was like, it's so weird. So this is the second time where, um, I have this, and I'm not into like supernatural stuff, but, um, where I've like thought about somebody who <laughs> I, I know exactly where you're yeah, going. Yeah, I know like 10 years ago, we had a similar, a friend that was a similar. Yeah. Deal. Like I woke up and like before it's done, I don't even know if you told me or if I like before, I don't know. I was just like, Hey, Ken passed away. Like I was like, Ken died today. Like I just felt it. And I get Jeremiah's text. Like before I even look, like I think this when I wake up, I haven't even looked at my phone and I get the phone and I look at Jeremiah said, Ken's passed away. I was like, that's so weird. And then like, I was like, man, I bet you like, I was like, I was like really worried about Steve, you know, like, and I was like, I don't know. I feel like he's not here anymore. And you're like, Hey, he passed away this morning. I'm like, it's so weird, but I don't know. I'm not saying that's anything. I'm just saying it's very bizarre. Uh, don't get any bad feelings about me anytime. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. you make me nervous. Fact, when you walk out the door today, just forget <laughs> we even exist until the next hey, show. Most of the time it's me. All right. Like I'll be driving. I'm like, I may not make it home. 
And I, it's very, I have Mike Rekka Ford's day. I need to talk to therapist. <laughs> if you get in an accident today, if you get an accident right right now, though, the chances are it'll be the construction zone and there'll be somebody nearby because every road's <laughs> under construction. Well, I also probably survive because it's 20 mile an hour everywhere we go. So yeah, it's constant. It's constant bumper to bumper. And you're, you're not going to, you're not going to hit anything hard because you're surrounded by concrete on all sides. <laughs> yeah. You'd be all right. All right. Um, uh, that's, the, that's all the Steve talk that I can, I can possibly stand doing. Um, it's too, uh, <laughs> it's too much. I can't, uh, uh, get, uh, get too down. Uh, in other news, Jesse, uh, last week, uh, had negotiated our sponsorship of the, uh, the Silver Crown car with Kyle Robbins, Kyle Robbins Racing. Uh, I got to go to Eldora with, uh, there were seven of us. There was a Henry County contingent of seven that, uh, that went out and cheered on Kyle. Where's Eldora? Eldora is uh, just north of Greenville, it's Ohio. Over there. <laughs> That's nice. So is Winchester, I think. It's just yeah. about uh, 20 miles east of Winchester. Okay. So Eldora is uh, named after, I think, a family. I couldn't really ever it's figure it out. It's named after, I believe, the uh, builder's daughter. Or uh, daughter or wife. Apparently, there was a ballroom before a racetrack was built there. Track was built in the oh, 50s. There's, still, there's a party barn in the back. A racetrack replaced a ballroom? No, the ballroom's still there. Oh, yeah. okay. It's like on the campus. I was just like, like, hey, you know, it'd be great. Hey, let's the rednecks a- took over. I mean, it's, this, let's build a racetrack, <laughs> too. It's literally in an area that um, there's the closest town that most people would know of is probably like, oh, I just forgot where. Greenville. Greenville. South of them. Yeah. And other than that, the towns that are directly adjacent to it are all like Sulphur Springs, kind of like blinking light towns. The um, town directly south of it has a stoplight and you can buy chicken coops. There are no retail stores. Yeah. And then there are two stoplights in the next town south and they had a Casey's gas station and I believe two other gas stations and a some sort of a bar. Small towns. Yeah. Yeah. I right. mean, it's, where it's, I it's, it's exactly like, it's like turkey here. farms. But yeah, it's this big square. Yeah. And there's like, eventually there's a one mile dirt track that's back there that was built but never completed because insurance companies said no and there's a yeah there's like a party area back there and some of the drivers will have like wedding receptions and shindigs out there so uh we went uh camped out there it was like being on the prairie uh there's literally it's like you're in a field so the wind was just whipping we were supposed to get rain all weekend never got a drop of rain but we did get just ridiculous uh ridiculous wind so there's no like trees or anything no just it, barren waste. That sounds terrible. When people talk about like flat they make fun land. of the flat farmland, yeah. they're making fun of this place. <laughs> well, I was going to say yeah. so up so I guess like to put in context, right? When I went up to Winchester years and years ago to buy silver, I was with uh our friend Maya. Well, you were wearing, you were riding your horses to Winchester. Yeah. Old western town. It was just really I've never been um well, I have recently now since, but I had never been to like that side of Indiana and I never knew how desolate it really was because like you like around here, you'll have like a, you know, like a, I don't know what you want to call it. Like a, you know, between like, like a mile, right? So 100 to 200 or whatever the county roads, right? Yeah, the grid so about, system. Yeah. So you, on the grid system, you'll be like, ah, there's not a house here, but there's a house the next one. Well, out in Winchester, when I was driving, I was like, I don't see any houses. Like I was up in farmland there's, and stuff. there's a lot of windmills now. It's all, it's a covered in windmills. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. Cause there's no houses like, and it was just like kind of eerie feeling. Cause like the corn was up and I was like, I can't see a house <laughs> at all. I just see fields. I was like, this must be what Iowa was like. And then, um, yeah, it was just kind of, anyway, I've been in Kansas now and it has been 
completely wiped away. But it was just it's, it's if you've never been like to that side of Indiana, it's kind of it's vastly different than any other part of Indiana I've been to. So besides the wind, uh, we got there. It was time for the Silver Crown practice. We bought pit passes. We went down. We were going to hang out with uh, with Kyle and uh, his his wife was going to spot for him. It was going to be great. They uh, we we went down. We visited. They had time getting the car ready. We left. We came back. We get ready for practice. Uh, and they put the starter in, and a bolt snapped, and it was an irreparable <laughs> bolt. So they thrashed for, and that was Kyle and his dad are the crew. Like they're yeah. do, they've got one other guy helping them, but they are, you know, they're trying to figure it out. All of these cars are custom. Nobody's got a part that you can just go yeah. borrow. You don't have an extra. So it literally was one bolt was broken off, stuck, couldn't get it out. They couldn't get it drilled out. They couldn't get it. They couldn't weld anything onto it to take it out to replace it. So they thrashed. They missed the entire practice, which was the qualifying session. It's going to be a 50 lap race. So they USAC said, okay, we're going to start all the cars. So half mile track, 31 cars. He's got a 50 lap race and he's going to start last. Fun times. And then they, they, so he had basically two hours to make a repair that they're like, it might work. It might not. We don't know. And it made it three laps. So it broke. So it was a disappointing. That's a bummer. A disappointing night for them. I felt terrible for Kyle and them. He was very disappointed that we didn't run better for, you know, for all the people that showed up and that were excited. And it's just, it's the way that's racing. That's the way it goes. I mean, it was a long day. That boss hog sticker just could not make it around the track very much. So, oh man, I was, uh, I I will say (laughs) I was a little bit concerned that it was us. We were the, uh, we were the problem (laughs) and the sticker was going to get, need to get peeled off. Can you guys peel the sticker off and try to use that (laughs) to hold it on? So far, the boss hog people have showed up to three race, three of his events. (laughs) One of them rained out immediately. The other one rained out to the next day. And then this one, he broke, Broke the car before he even got started. I but then I his wife Katie was uh, who was the most awesome uh, person. Also, uh, she's like, yeah, I showed up, and this happens every time I come here too. So I'm like, well, maybe she's the problem. I don't know. Uh, well, to her. We, we it, it if she wants to fall on the grenade like I tried to with Jesse earlier over over it's the audio over the audio issues. Um, then, then that can be, that can be the way it goes, but, uh, they're on to Winchester. It's, uh, it wasn't great for their, their points result, but it was fun. It was, it was definitely enjoyable to, uh, to go to, uh, Teldora, check it out. The, uh, it was like watching a tornado. 31 cars on that dirt was just, it was unbelievable. Can you, especially if it never rained all day. I, mean, I was going to say it was kind of humid, but it wasn't humid enough to probably. They're, they're actively down. putting water in the track, but oh, they had okay. just run. All for two hours, another series had run on the track. So then, when you get these guys out there and they've got twice the horsepower and weight, it a turns third into of what a, the other car does, it turns into a dust bowl real fast. It's insanity. Yeah. Thankfully, the wind was coming from behind me, so it was pushing towards other people. How, who, how do they keep a hold of who's leading? They have the, transponders. There's like there are there's okay. technology. Okay. So the cars have like, a transponder on them. You can't even see who well, anybody like, is. If I'm the flag point. guy there, you know I'm drunk as hell. The flag. No, going, the flagman is is working very hard, and he's actively. Blue flagging people yeah, telling them to get the hell out of the way. Yeah, because yeah, once they start lapping, then he will notify cars that there's faster traffic coming, and he's he, just waving it constantly. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's just constantly just doing this thing. Well, I can't remember <laughs> how he does it. But he's holding one flag and he's doing another flag, and he's like hooking his arms together, and it's like he's the busiest guy. I don't know how. And you, you do this. I've been not trying. You go to, if you're at one end, you can't see what's going on at the other end of the track. Right. Yeah. They're, just pure turning, dust. they're just turning dust up. Yeah. And the cars throw, they're, they're thrown sideways, right? They're yeah. not, it's not like a true, 
Yeah, no, I know. My cousin Frances was there, and she had the greatest time ever because she apparently has gotten into watching drifting, and she didn't realize that her dirt race was just exclusively. Yeah, that's where pretty these much drifting, guys drifting essentially came from. Yeah, yeah, because it's just that's yeah. American drifting. She it's had American. the greatest. We drift on dirt. But yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, I used to watch midget racing or whatever we go, the PC term is these days. Um, <laughs> I am waiting for the that small, to get renamed. The, the, <laughs> little, the little car racing, and it um, only bothers you, real racers. Don't care. Oh, I'm sure At this point, three just, years from now, we will all act like we had to care and we knew and it was wrong and we apologize. Yeah. But for now, please call it uh, USAC Midget Race. I'll tell you what is amazing is I was at Eldora one time and there is a driver who is excellent, who is a little person, Rico Brehu, and he won a race there. And it blew your mind to watch this car stop that's got some politically incorrect name. And then the person <laughs> who that term could be referred to get out of the car and he like stands on the car. But he's normal height standing on the car. I'm like, I am uncomfortable with everything that's going on at this moment. But yeah. Ah, uh, that's so good. The, you should go there in the September. They run, uh, that seems way more like a, a better weather event. Midget silver crown and sprint cars all together with modifieds. Yeah. And, or wings, sometimes the run wing sprints, but usually they just do those Friday night, but I'll run them all in one, one week. The weekend. track was purchased from the original owner a few years ago by Tony Stewart. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Tony's put a lot of money week. into the track. It's got a jumbotron. It's in the middle it, of nowhere and there's a jumbotron. It has, it has a jumbotron and they love their fireworks. So yeah. they used pyrotechnics a lot. Uh, to the point where they, do they have like, a DJ like guys like if like stuff happens like, oh yeah like do they do that like, not not quite like that <laughs> but they did have they did have the most ridiculous drone you've ever seen in your life they have a drone that was as fast as the race car yeah and they're probably flying or flying they, with they love the that car yeah, that's yeah. dope yeah, on, so on the CBS yeah, broadcast for the SRX series that's yeah, for the what's it called PVR or whatever oh uh I feel like I'm used, I'm saying the wrong word POV the POV thank you. FPV FPV First, first person, person view. view yeah yeah have you ever watched those yeah yeah i have there's there's yeah. the bowling alley video that would that came well i'm at like the, the ones with racers the there's, one, a, there's they, a guy that does formula drift that yeah. has done some it's amazing so stuff sick like it just looks fake like computer generated content like yeah. and you're just like man that guy should get paid a lot of money to do that it's pretty dope it was uh it was wild definitely a good show it was and it was a cheap ticket honestly it was <clears> 35 bucks to camp for the weekend and each is 30 bucks 30 bucks to camp and i think 30 a ticket to get in that's really and another, cheap and another 20 for the pit pass and the food, food and oh by pretty cheap beer two dollars a can yeah perfect I, I don't know where else you're gonna get you that. can't carry any alcohol in the state of ohio thanks to the nfl and so you, you, had, you can't carry any alcohol into Ohio period into a sporting into event. event. Oh, into a sporting event. Gotcha. So like, I mean, I've seen people try to like pour beer in a Gatorade bottle and they're like, yeah, it's got a head on it. You can't bring that in here. <laughs> but when you go in there, that's the nice thing is that Tony's that's a, that is a passion project for Tony. That is not a, a necessarily a money making pro- I doubt he loses money on it, but well, he's not, looking, interested, right? he's not looking to like milk money out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's got, he's got big sponsors, but yeah, the, the food is cheap. That's why I tell people like don't pack a cooler unless you're just gonna pack a couple extra drinks. Like eat dinner a lot of kids at there? the track. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was very I think it's a very family. Well, it's a very family friendly point event. Is like to probably get some new generation of drivers in and get people interested in it and make a whole affair. And you could you, you would like this too, Jesse. Instead of having to sit with people in a grandstand, we bought a reserved spot in the lawn. Your numbers on there. You bring your lawn chair and you sit in your chair. Do you have an umbrella. You could. Well, no, the, the umbrella would not be allowed. Fancy hat? Uh, no, no, because there are rules against blocking the view of the person behind you. So you no. can't do that because uh, we aren't douches. 
But uh, sure. if you want the cover, they do have a covered area you could sit in, but you you might want to buy two or three seats so nobody's near you. Yeah. Yeah. Buy all the space around you. It's cost me like a hundred bucks. Yeah. Nice. Why not? It's like buying a private suite. Usually the reserve seats are like a couple extra dollars over the GA ticket. So it's like five dollars more. Yeah. And so and if it's you probably just tell me you had two kids with you because kids that's all you pay for is the reserve seat and it's like ten bucks. Huh. It's truth. Yeah. That would work. The uh, so the it just if the fact that it has a jumbotron and like fireworks or it makes me think that it's like idiocracy when they do like but not, not sure has to like fight his way off of like dildozer or whatever it is. Well, it's not even just uh, fireworks. He's got these huge torches that are all along the back straightaway and then behind the uh, podium where they do the victory celebration. And if you're there on a cool night, which I have been like in September, I felt they'll, the heat. They'll hit those and you can feel the heat off of them. And you're like racing. 75 yards away from them. I felt the heat off the backstretch one when yeah. the SRX cars went by because there were about six giant fireballs that shot up off the backstretch. Yeah. And it was 90 degrees, and it got to me almost instantaneously. Yeah, there's a there's a the tiniest delay, but you see him, and all of a sudden you feel this warm breeze, and you're like, whoa! And yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's it, a, it's it surreal. It's like uh, it's like XFL meets racing. Yeah. So I I think I, I appreciate that. There's like a yeah. lot of technology of being. And for like four crown, Tony usually flies in a helicopter. So when the hel- you hear a helicopter coming, you're like, well, it's either medevac is showing <laughs> up or Tony's arrived. Well, they had because it was a high profile of profile. Man, I am struggling with easy words because it was a high profile event. A number of folks had to be somewhere the next day. There were a couple. So of Marco Andretti flew out before I got back to my camper and like chilled out for the night. He was already back in Watkins Glen, New York. Like it was unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable how fast because we watched the Silver Crown race. Right, we stayed to watch yeah. the Silver Crown. Marco flew out. Got to the airport. They took him to New York, and he was he was already done and ready before we went back and cracked some beers open at the camper. Yeah, that's weird, unbelievable. Yeah, which is what used to happen back in the day for the Indy Five Hundred, and you'd have a driver, John Andretti or Kurt Busch or somebody would run, or Robbie Gordon would run the Indy Five Hundred airport, uh, you know, helicopter airport, land on the front stretch in Charlotte. They would be at Charlotte Motor Speedway before I've left Indianapolis Motor Speedway as a standard person. Right. Unbelievable. Yeah, the uh I mean that's why Uber helicopters were a thing for a minute. So, so get you around the city fast. Uh we're doing this show today because the big fourth of July weekend is coming up and uh we're gonna be at the racetrack. Maybe we'll get some content. No guarantees. We're gonna see what happens. I know uh I know we're gonna be close to Joey uh Joey from Barstool, so at least I'll make Joey I'll put a mic in front of Joey and we'll do something. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. I don't know what uh I don't know what's gonna happen. We're gonna have some fun with it. Fourth of July, big things for you, Jesse. You get uh you going to Memorial Park. You're going to go, uh, definitely gonna, not going there. Gonna go watch the fireworks. No, I don't. So I remember, excuse me. I remember the fireworks stuff when I was younger and we would get there so early, obviously like, um, I said we got there early. I don't know if it was early, but uh, you've always lived in Newcastle, right? Yep. So like, did your parents take you there? Yeah, most of the time. Yeah. But it felt like you would go. It was like this whole like event for like almost all the afternoon. At least it was for us. Like we'd like sit there People and like picnic and tailgate. I was going to yeah. say, but it used to like you, there was like a bar, I think, <laughs> or something that you could go and get beers at. And like, I felt that like might have been your uncle Bill. No, I, no, I, I may miss be misremembering, but I remember like people just having beers, like walking around. Like it was a big party. The, um, the two lots that like the soccer field. Or the ones across from Starfield, they are packed. Yeah, no, this was so. This was uh, up 
uh, what is the building right there? The WG Smith building? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what that means. But, uh, but I'm just saying like, kind of like right before you crest the hill where um, the, where the doughboy is now. Yeah. But there's a building right there, right? Yeah. The Smith building. The Smith building. Yeah. But w- I've been to the Smith building. That's yeah, the Smith building. All right. Well, anyway, it's been remodeled. Yeah. Lovely. So anyway, I don't know. I was just saying that, um, it was just like, I felt like there was a bar in there or something. I don't know. Like we're, for some reason we couldn't go in there and I remember people walking around with like Bush or like, Do you ever tell stories and then realize maybe your parents were just lying to you about the reason why you couldn't do something like 30 years later, you look back at it and go all the time. It wasn't a bar. It was, that was, they just didn't want to go in there. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, yeah, I think maybe people were just going in there to use the restroom. I have no idea, but I do remember like people just walking around like with beer cans yeah. and I was just like, you know, the eighties or like the early nineties. Um, and then it, it turned like all taboo and like open containers became like, like something I never saw forever. And then now I'm seeing open containers again in like an indie because they can do it all the time. So I was in Explorers when I was in high school and it was a thing like they would bring in golf carts and we would have us and then some sheriff's deputies and stuff who's just had to keep an eye on Baker Park or Memorial Park all day on the 4th of July. Yeah. It was such a crowd. Uh, I remember being huge. Like it was a bunch of people and I'm not saying it isn't, I haven't been it's, up there. but yeah. before the soccer fields were there, right. All those people had to cram in somewhere else. And like, I, I just, I don't know. I remember walking around. It was like a big party. Felt like a big party. At least I was also young and didn't get out a lot. So <laughs> it might've been like a hundred people. It's just nicer than Shirley. Yeah. Well, I think to, I might've lived in Greensboro at the time. They did announce today. They're not going to allow any fireworks on Memorial park property during that day. So all the people that like to show up and just set fireworks off all day in the field. I was gonna say, build we used to let them off like near the golf course. Yeah. So good luck. Good luck policing that. That'll be fun. Yeah. Especially the first year, the first yeah. year with the probate. Especially when you announce it. Four Two days weeks before. Or, yeah. Or whatever. It is. I, I already saw, bought I, all my stuff. I I ain't stopping me. What's the reason for it? They just afraid of like, I think a people? safety thing, which is not also people want to bring their dogs probably. Yeah. Which is not entirely a, don't bring your dogs to the yeah. fireworks and then complain about the fireworks. Yeah. But like, I, no. How dare you? If you assist, if you, my yeah. cat won't like it either. He's on a leash. <laughs> I mean, generally speaking, sometimes you see people whose uh, common sense with fireworks uh, are inversely corresponding to their budget for fireworks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so you don't want those. I mean, you don't want people setting off like a bunch of fireworks. Like, so in a lot that literally looks like, you know, like the Coke lot or the North 40 for the 500, just cars just packed in there. Yeah. And it's grass. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not a great idea. There's going to be a screening. Uh, there's a 4th of July movie playing at the, uh, at the middle Ohio race that Zach and I are going to. What are they showing? This is, this is what I wanted to say. I, I, I saw the email today of the movie that they're going to show. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. There's nothing. I mean, that's a that is an it's a ama- fun summer. That's movie. an amazing movie. Not a Fourth of July movie. We're I don't play, associate. We're all gonna play a Fourth of July, July movie. It's gonna be what great. is the Fourth of like I, Independence Day? It's like really, Independence Day would be a great one. It came out on Fourth of July. Nothing, I think the second one comes out this Fourth of July, doesn't it? Or did it already well, come out? I don't know. It, yeah, if nothing. If nothing else, just so you can get to the speech. Yeah, Top Gun. <laughs> Top Gun is supposed to be a big Independence Day movie. The Patriot Miracle would be a good one to play. That's uh, that's kind of out there, popular one. I think with the UFO report coming out, you got to do Independence Day. <sighs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's tough. That'd even you've got to find news. A, you've got to find a Obviously. general, <laughs> a general uh, audience one as well. That is the it's right like a PG stuff. Movie. I, I'm I'm looking here at some options. I don't even associate have. Ferris Bueller's Day off with like even like a summer like. 
I, I would, it's like it's like I would a, say like the great outdoors the Ferris, would be even more. Ferris Bueller of a, took place in like mid May. It was entirely based upon him having yes, he was senioritis. Yeah, yeah. He, I was gonna say I, yeah, he had senioritis, like, and I always watched it when I wasn't at school. I would say like the great outdoors would be a better Fourth of July movie because that's like a summer vacation movie <clears throat> for sure. The great outdoors is a wonderful movie, but yeah, Independence Day would be a great one. I was actually just googling John Candy the other day to figure out something about him the other day. So. How's he doing? Dead. Okay. There was a guy cruising he's Broad with, Street last month. He's with Kobe with Bryant. A, and Jeremiah didn't notice it, but I did, who had a license plate on the front. It was a New York State plate on the front of his car. It said Roman 1. That's because we're and in I was like, I was 15 like, years older than I me. I was like, that is a great outdoors reference. And he's like, what? I look it up. I'm like, yeah, that's Dan Aykroyd's license plate in the great outdoors. That's awesome. Do you realize that I didn't have cable for most of my teenage years? So I, there's a... There's a portion. So you're missing out on everything that happened 15 years before you were born. Yes. Little there, House on the there, Prairie for the longest time was he thought it was a documentary. There, there is a portion of my TV. childhood <laughs> where all I had was AM radio and the Pacers games on channel four. Your dad like that's have, all we had to work with here. Your dad didn't have shortwave. He wasn't talking to people across the pond. Not yet. Yeah. Uh, he does now. I know he does. Uh, now. Yeah. Yeah. But at the time, no, he was, he, he was working second shift down at the, down at the mill. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Final thoughts. We'll we'll put a pin in it and call it a, call it a night here. Zach, thanks for being here, man. Uh, no problem. Uh, anything we forgot? You want to talk about anything? We didn't no. really give you a lot of time to talk. So if you had anything, oh, that's we, all right. We, we totally. Ignored I mean, you I kind of sat back and watched. I was I did not friend Steve on Facebook. But I followed him on Facebook, um, and it was always interesting and educational. I mean, I I came out of the business school that he was teaching at, so I was like, well, there's something to learn here. Um, so that was always interesting to see the stuff that he would post about, but, uh, for the weekend, um, just look at the stuff that's going on. A uh, broad street cruise is going on Saturday. I think our fireworks are Saturday or si- fireworks Saturday or Sunday. I don't know. This is the weirdest year because the 4th of July is, is on it, Sunday and some places are doing them on Saturday and no matter what, it's going to be late because of daylight savings time that won't be going off until like 10 or 10, 15 probably. But, um, do you think everybody has Monday off? Do most people my, Monday? My wife does not, technically. She's taking off, but uh, she runs camp for the local Y, and she's like, Monday's a camp day for us. Yep. So I think some places, it depends on how established and how close to being like a bureaucracy. They are. Like, like, I'm a government a, job, and we have Monday off. Yeah. But I see a lot of places. I see some places telling people, <clears throat> We're going to give you another day off, but you can choose when to take it and maybe not necessarily make them take a Monday. My wife's job, she got Friday and Monday off. I got Friday and Monday off, but not because of 4th of July. I had a floating holiday that I'm using Friday because I think Christmas is weird this year. Yeah. And I'm like, I would much rather have the time off in the summer. Well, this is a peak year for holidays because um, I believe Christmas is it's like a, sat- is a Saturday. Yeah. I think Christmas is a Saturday this year. Uh, yeah. Like. Which means New Year's is Saturday. Yeah, and New, and New Year's Eve is a Friday, so we get I get yeah because I was looking at the holiday schedule because I'm back in the office. I was printing out the holiday schedule <laughs> so I can look forward to something. <laughs> I've <laughs> never heard a bureaucrat so sad. In my life. <laughs> yeah, I'm four days into being back in the office. It's not fun. Um, Zach's tone has taken a. I'm turn. just short on sleep because I <laughs> I mean I, I could I now am you know. Uh, I'm like 10 minutes. I'm passing Greenfield when I normally would be rolling out of bed. Yeah, but think about it this way. You've got like a day left of work. 
And then you're yeah, going to be on vacation for like 21 work, of the I next work, 27 I work, days. I work five days out of the first 15 business days of the of the month of July. You're going to be okay. I'll survive. You'll be okay. All right. Yeah. Anything else, Jesse? No. Uh, I have nothing. <laughs> Go to L&K and get some beef to grill. Get some beef to grill. Yeah. I have some Henry County raised and butchered beef. Uh, next week, we are back on Thursday, and uh, we made the confirmation today. Way overdue. A guy that we should have had on the show two, three, four years ago, Chris May of the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, the executive director, is uh, is going to be joining us on uh, on Thursday night next week, July 8th. Uh, thank God it wasn't July 9th. I almost scheduled a show on my birthday, which would have been unpopular. So anyway, July 8th, Thursday, that's your next episode. We'll have Chris May. We'll see you guys then. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. This episode is brought to you by Volvo Cars. The future is electric. So by 2030, all new Volvo cars will be fully electric. Drive a Volvo that helps protect your family and the planet we all share. Learn more at volvocars.com slash US. This episode is brought to you by Volkswagen. When you drive the all-new, all-electric Volkswagen ID4 SUV, you're not just upgrading your car, you're upgrading your life, thanks to some really powerful technology. Before, you'd manually change your car's temperature. Now all you need to do is say, Hello, ID, I'm cold, and you can get warmer just like that. Before, you'd sometimes wake up with your car on empty. Now wake up with an overnight fresh charge. Intrigued? Learn more about how the ID4 can change your world at vw.com slash ID4. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hogger Liberty Podcast on the We Are Libertarians Network. I'm your host, Jeremiah Morrill, and as always, I'm joined by our co-host, Mr. Dakota Davis. What is up, Jeremiah? Man, we are, uh, we're in episode 74. 74, one away from 75. This is the third to last episode in the guest bedroom studio. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's still awesome though. It's, it's like, it's yeah. so slick in this, in this very, fairly small space. It's, it's, it looks so much bigger on television. It does. It does. Yeah. People watch and then they come in here and they go, Oh dear God. This yeah. was, if this was my bedroom, I'd complain it. <laughs> well, you live the Fisher's lifestyle. Yeah, well, I mean, they, yeah. they haven't, this is the size of a closet in your neighborhood, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Brett Bittner's watching. Yes, it is Steve Horwitz. That's his voice. You guys remember him probably 30 episodes or so ago. Yeah, Steve, Steve ago. was on the show. Steve was, uh, first on on episode 45. So Man. almost exactly third twenty. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I got to finish the read. Our show is about our lives in rural Indiana. It's a show about folks who are involved in politics, and we promise that our episodes are going to be a fun and an easy listen. We interview people who are influencers, elected officials, political experts, and folks we just find interesting. The uh, the interesting guy, I suppose, would be Chase Payton over on my left, on the right of the sh- camera. Hi, Chase. What's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> you doing all right? Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, we uh, we once again uh, the fourth chair is a backup plan. We uh, we were hoping to have Chris Galt, uh, the the OG We Are Libertarians co-host, and uh, 
we had to make a flying lead change. We say in the horse business, a flying lead change switching from uh, Thursday to Wednesday. It, it tossed out Galt on us. So uh, we got Chase, who's always down to party. I'm the backup. I don't have a life, so it works out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Do you know, you know who Wally Pip was? You know, don't. Wally, Wally Pip was oh, the guy the who baseball play, guy, baseball man. player that Luke that that Lou Gehrig replaced when he began yeah. his Iron Man streak, right? So you know, there we go. You're, you're Lou Gehrig. That's right. Sweet. Chris Even is, I Chris knew that. Wally Chase. Pip. Yeah. You got no, Wally Pip. I was going to say Wally Pip. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so we were going to have Galt on, and the uh, one of the topics we had to we're going to talk about today with Steve. Uh, this is a teaser. Uh, is we're going to talk about this notion of buying local versus buying at the big chains like Amazon or Walmart or somewhere and trying to decide, are you supposed to support the mom and pop shop or are you supposed to go to the big timers? I do love Walmart. All right. I love Walmart. So there was this there was this argument we got into. Galt is uh, incredible. And if you're a, we're a Libertarians listener, you know that he can argue to the wall for no particular reason. And uh, it, <laughs> you just described every libertarian I know. I, yeah, uh, and God, we love him, but he he has this he had this ability to just to just be irritating as hell. And I'm like, uh, also every libertarian yeah. I know. So we're going to teach you a lesson, Chris, and we're going to have a show. And we're going to bring in Steve, the Ball State economics professor, and he's going to explain. We didn't even know what your opinion was going to be on this, right? But we digging in, we're like, Steve's going to explain to you why you're wrong, and you're going to sit there and defend it. And uh, and now here he's not here. Did you hear that? Did you hear that little noise that Steve made? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My favorite kind of argument when the opponent doesn't show. So. <laughs> Victory! <laughs> uh, so uh, I guess at this point, we're probably supposed to talk about the show a little bit, uh, Dakota. Patreon, we got uh, people oh, in there yeah. helping us out. Of course, we have the Patreon plug that we... if. Uh, just a big thank you always to the people who support us on Patreon. Uh, if you want to get in on that club, you get all kinds of bonus content. You get, uh, I'll send you some stickers and refrigerator magnets and maybe a poster in the mail. Um, yeah, you get all kinds of, of, of goodies and, uh, and, uh, really, really quality, really quality bonus content, I think. First rate. Yeah. First and, rate. Uh, so thank you, of course, to everybody who, who, uh, donates monthly because that is uh what keeps the show going we, you know that's what pays the pays the bills and what's going to keep the lights on in the new studio um and of course we are looking uh at other options to fund ourselves so if you're a small business owner uh, or a big business owner then you can uh, contact us and uh, we will get you set up with all kinds of uh, opportunities so there's a survey uh dear leader chris spangle provides for us as always and uh, we're as, as we're libertarians is looking at uh, commercialization opportunities we're included as well there's a survey and we've been getting information and feedback back from the fans so we, yes, we, we talked about that a little bit last week and we got some reports and some information uh, real quickly, what do we know about the people? What do they like? What do they hate? What's the what's the problem with this well, show? I can tell you one thing: the reading uh, of the complaints. The biggest thing that I think that I I learned from this is that no one cares about the quality of the website. Nobody gives a damn. No, nobody. Nobody cares at all. <laughs> <laughs> nobody. No, nobody. Uh, nobody cares about what the what the website's like as long as they can uh, click on the link and get to the audio. That's all they care about. Uh, but we had some really good likes and we got a ton of feedback. I was very, very, uh, honored that the people took the time to do this because it was not a short survey. No. In the least. No, I took it for We're Libertarians and I'm a, I'm a cast member and I thought, oh my God, I'm going to quit 20% through. I did one. Yeah. Did you? Did you? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think that we know which dislike he had. <laughs> Need more chase? No. And it was the, uh, uh was it the one where, uh, someone said that Jeremiah and Dakota need to make out? That might have been me. <laughs> and then 
I said uh, that we needed more booze. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, You're drinking right here. here. I was going to say, you guys are well stocked. Yeah. We, the problem there is. We, uh, we give extra credit to uh, politicians who come on the show and have a drink. One of the uh, one of the dislikes was the name. Someone doesn't like the name. That was probably me. That was because, uh, and it says, thanks, Chris Spangle. Mm-hmm. So was that you? Uh, no, I don't, actually, I didn't answer the survey on our own. That felt, yeah. that felt like it would be wrong. It did seem weird. Yeah. Um, you know, someone disliked uh, windmills. I will vote for myself in November, though. Someone says dislikes windmills. So they just don't like windmills, apparently, uh, all around. I can't imagine that being a divisive issue. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, some of these were were uh, really good feedback. One of the uh, one of the biggest things that we that we heard was uh, the number one dislike was nothing. So we have no, there's nothing wrong with this. Chris Spangle hey. says the name is not changing, or he will cancel the show. <laughs> and he turned his boomer button on. It's all in caps. So he's very Ooh. serious about it. Ooh, very serious about it. Uh, and that boomer button, I had not heard that. <laughs> I just want to point out, my 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 daughter probably will never listen to this, but but I get I get all caps from her all the time, and she's 22, but she thinks it's funny. She's being ironic. Yes, said, yes. yeah. There it's were uh, there boomer, were protesters. Boomer button. God, I just all right. I can leave now. I learned my phone. <laughs> we uh, we're the cutting edge yes, uh, over is. here. There's no doubt. Yeah. Urban Dictionary has nothing on you guys. They were uh, they were protesting on Main on Broad Street, Broad and Main today outside the County Courthouse over wind or air today. Uh, people uh, holding signs yelling I at the air. I passed that on the way home. Did you, did you honk? I did. It looked like a walking graveyard. Oh God! <laughs> oh. Old, old man yelling yeah, okay. at clouds, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so this goes into uh, one of the complaints that we had about Chase. Yeah, it was actually you the had only- your own bucket of complaints. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> one of it was. Uh, uh, you demean the concerns of possible li- listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, you you pulling on the uh, Canadian accent? Yeah, I, see, yeah, I, I guess that's, say. A, that's a uh, flashback to uh, episode forty-five with Steve Horowitz. Whenever we talked about the great Canadian Jordan Peterson. Oh, we did. That's right. Yeah, the YouTube commenters weren't crazy about that. No, I can well, tell you that. Yeah, we got we got a lot of downvotes no, on our on our. No, yeah, yeah. Us, no, no lobster man tonight. He yeah. cost us so much. The mob came after us. They uh, they claimed that uh, I apparently hate Jordan Peterson, even though I spent money to go see him live. Uh, <laughs> well, we all waste money on stuff. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I accidentally paid for an extra hotel room in Florida that I didn't stay in because I forgot to cancel it. So <laughs> you know, we all make mistakes. Uh, Sarah doesn't know that yet. Hi, Sarah. I made a mistake back uh, on the honeymoon. We we paid for a hotel room at the uh, the Intercontinental at Doral, but we didn't stay there. Um, <laughs> Demean listens. Demean listeners more, Chase. This is what made Abdul Hakim Shabazz. Bengal says that. <laughs> so, just pick on him. You'll be fine. Yeah, there you go. You got it. You have your own crazy Larry out there. Chase, uh, Dakota and I hang, hung out. Uh, God, what was it? Monday night. Last night. Monday night football. Two nights ago. That's right. How was, how was Andrew? Andrew looked terrible. He threw yeah. an interception, and uh, it wasn't good. Uh, Dakota got to experience pro football in person, nice. and he explained. I it have to his bride to multiple <laughs> pro football games. I just, I, I like watching them live. I just don't really get it. I don't really care about like, oh, the players doing this. I, uh, so you're not going to be in a fantasy league this year? No. Did no. you take a knee during the national anthem? I did. Yeah. yeah. Everybody, yeah. I got yeah. booed personally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was told to get out. Love it or get out. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it was fun. I mean, it was the stadium was half full, but, uh, I mean, your, your tax dollars pay for it, so at least you got to go in there and check it out. <laughs> That's right. You pay an extra 1% in the food my, and beverage. My favorite thing about going to Colts games or to Lucas Oil Stadium in general is seeing the beautiful construction of that place. It's amazing. It, I don't, that roof cost an extra $100 million. Did it? Yeah. 
Wow. That yeah. is incredible. I they're, ju- they're too wimpy to play outside. <laughs> are, are there any uh, current pro football teams that exclusively play outdoors? Chicago Bears. <laughs> um, the Green Bay he, Packers. Yeah, Dakota, he's, yeah he's no, no, I'm not idea. even going there. I have there. no idea. That's I don't too, know. Dakota has that absolutely no on, idea. Like, that was an honest question. 85% of the NFL plays outside. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exclusively? Cincinnati, well, Nashville. Exclusively, I mean, if their home field. Yeah, their home field is, is outside. Right? The only oh, okay. domes that are left are Houston... Indianapolis, Detroit, Detroit. Um, Atlanta. Atlanta just built another new yeah. one, I guess. St. Louis is gone. They don't have it. Minnesota built a new one. Right. right. So and I think that's it. So yeah, five even, or I mean, six. Even Green Bay, right? Yeah, Green Atlanta Bay. Outside. Outside. Yeah. 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 Seattle used to have a dome. They got rid of it. Yeah. Um, the Rams were a dome team, and then they moved to Los Angeles, right. so they're outside. I don't know what the uh, what the new stadium is going to be in uh, in in Los Angeles or uh, Las Vegas, rather. Yeah. So anyway, uh, breaking news: the uh, county commissioners have passed the wind ordinance. So if you're uh, if you're watching this and weren't paying attention, they did pass the wind ordinance. So uh, hmm. uh, surprise! There you go. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you didn't read the paper, know that one was coming. Um, you uh, you probably should have read it again. One of the uh, one of the big things that I noticed during the Colts game, as I, I was I was sitting there watching it, were the amount of flags that were thrown for uh, what seemed like minor things. Now, I've said it before, and I'll say it again during this episode, that I think that we should force our pro football players to take steroids. <laughs> and then uh, before the game, two days before the game, we don't allow it. So then they get rage yeah. and just go out there. That would be I, awesome. That, would, that is real entertainment. That would, That's like 300 stuff the, with the gladiators. This, I, this I wrote a, Indianapolis! <laughs> I, two things about, about this. I, I did a... Uh, Program for the Institute for Pain Studies, Learn Liberty, using uh, football and fantasy football to teach basic economic principles. Mm. So that you can, I think that's available online still. I'll look maybe after, and you can you can see, you can link it up. But I also wrote an op-ed. I think it was in the Dallas Morning News, arguing half seriously, right, that if you really want to take the injuries out of football, take away the helmets. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I mean, I like it's, that. Yeah, it's the same thing. You know, it's this, it's the Peltzman effect we call it in economics after the guy talked about seatbelts the same way. You wear a seatbelt, you drive more dangerously, right? Cause yeah. more accidents. Yeah. So, so if you could right. go back to rugby, right? And, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We always yeah. joke about NFL or, uh, race car drivers. They, when they get out of the car, if they're going to throw punches, they leave their helmets on, right? Right, right, right? They don't, they don't fight, uh, <laughs> yeah. fight out there, uh, without them on. Uh, so let's, let's talk about Steve a little bit. Uh, background for those that don't remember from episode 45, you, uh, you are the most heavily educated guest we've ever had. Uh, uh, you have you have an MA, which is a Master of the Arts. I don't know. Right. Yep. Uh, and then a PhD, which means that you're Doctor Steve Horwitz. Yeah. PhD uh, piled high and deep, right? Yes. Uh, <laughs> e- economics from George Mason University. Of course, we all know them from the uh, the NCAA chase uh, from from basketball. They uh, they do well sometimes over in Virginia, uh, named after the. Uh, I, I I suppose he was on the revolutionary side. And then uh, Steve was a professor of economics at St. Lawrence University in St. Lawrence County, my homeland originally in New York State. And uh, you became the associate dean of first year. Is mm-hmm. that is that written right, J- yes. Dakota? Or is, yes. yes, that's written correctly. That's, that's real. It's not that he became the first dean, associate dean in his first year, but no. it's the of the first year of the first year. That's correct. And now he is uh, at Chirp Chirp <laughs> University. Uh, he is now. 
formerly known as the John A. Schottner, <laughs> Distinguished Professor of Free Enterprise at Ball State. Uh, your school was in the news recently. So as you Slightly. said, <laughs> you are now the meat lovers, Distinguished <laughs> Professor of Free Enterprise That's at Ball State That's what I wanted. University. I wanted it all along. I wanted to be the meat lovers. I get, I, we were just talking today about what will happen. I mean, I, eventually I'll get a new name to go with my Distinguished Professor. But, but you know, there was there was a – when I knew it was going to be Schnatter a couple of years ago or whatever, I got the job. I said, look, I've got to be meat lovers. Or the double cheese distinguished for right? Something like that. Right? Just no pineapple. No, yeah. wrong, pineapple and pizza is wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. Yeah. That's evil. Yeah. I love pineapple. And pizza. Nah, of course you do. Do you really? <laughs> uh, occasionally. Not it's not like my my, my mm. main pizza, but mm. every now and again. Mm. So interesting. It, what, there was a vote last week, and this this is this has been a, a bit of a story. Uh Indiana, uh Ball State University is a is a state school in the state of Indiana, so there's a board of trustees, and some of them are politically appointed. Uh, so there was a, an original vote uh, to not make any changes after some statements were made by uh, by Papa John himself. And uh, the Indianapolis Colts and Ball State University chose to keep their association. And then I don't I didn't follow the inner politics of it, but there was a second. It was brought up a second time before last the board Thursday, of trustees yeah. this last week. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they voted, I think, eight to one. And uh, the one no vote was a was a Ball State graduate uh, who was an appointee from uh, Milroy, Indiana, um, Jean Ann Harcourt, who's a longtime uh, Republican volunteer, uh, has been big in Rush County politics for years and years and years and runs uh, Harcourt Industries. She was appointed by the governor at the time, who was Governor Pence, yep. who's now the vice president. So. It, as always, these political things just kind of yep. dri- dribble up. So there's an angle that now this is all the vice president's fault that his I, person voted no. Uh, I haven't heard that one. That's good. <laughs> Everything's his fault. Well, yeah. So, I mean, we're talking about this now. We can talk about this. Yeah, so, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll yeah. I mean, I, so yeah, the board reversed themselves, and I'm and it wasn't a surprise really. Uh, after they they were so there's four schools that had Schnatter centers, right? Louisville, University of Kentucky, Purdue, where it was brand new, like March, brand new, and and us. Uh, the two Kentucky schools immediately dissociated, as I like to call, it, dissociated with him uh, <laughs> right away after after he made his comments uh, or used the word that we're not allowed to use uh, that you're not supposed to use. And uh, they did right away. Purdue and Ball State didn't respond right away. And on the same day, Ball State said we're sticking with him. Purdue said no. So it left Ball State as the only school who was sticking with him. That's a tough place to be. He's an alum, understandable, but the reaction was so strong, I think, uh, both from alums in terms of saying, we're not giving you any more money, this is the wrong decision, and also on campus too, the Black Student Association wrote a, a very, I thought, very well done and 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 sort of thoughtful response to it uh, about why this was a problem and, and what could be done about it. Uh, other student groups were upset, and I think, I suspect uh, that the president – all along thought the board made the wrong decision. I think the president would have liked the board to have gone with the other schools, but the board didn't. Uh, and I think the, 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 just the, the fact that they were sticking with Schnatter meant that anything having to do with diversity or race on campus just wasn't going to go anywhere productive because all of those groups were just going to keep bringing up Schnatter. And I think the president recognized that. I suspect what happened is that the president put some very heavy pressure on the board to say, I, I, I can't do my job. I can't do the things that I was, you know, hired to do unless, you know, with, with, with that name still hanging there. So they reversed themselves. Um, why, why do you think that they, they, uh, made the decision to keep it at first? That, I, I suspect that this is goes to Jeremiah's point. I suspect that the board, 
uh, is heavily, you know, it is heavily Republican. I suspect they wanted to resist the sort of perception of, you know, political correctness and blah, blah, blah. I, and I do think there were some sincere, also people sincerely thought he apologized and that, that, you know, uh, they could make it right and that he wanted to do right by a ball state. I think Schnatter, by the way, uh, could have, I don't know if it would have saved the situation, but were I him, the moment that the board agreed to keep him, what I would have done is say, okay, what can I do to forward issues of diversity and inclusion on campus? For example, Ball State's building a new $4 million multicultural center. Not quite – $4 million isn't under the couch for Papa John, but, but $4 million is not a big deal. He could have said, I'll pay for half of it, right? I'll pay right. for all of it. The the black students asked for more stuff on, on on minority entrepreneurship, which, by the way, the Schneider Institute has done and will keep doing. But even without – even beyond that, Schneider could have said, I'm going to come to campus and do some programs for students of color. I mean there's things he could have done, right, immediately to say, look, I'm genuinely sorry. I, you know, it, it, you misunderstood the context of what I said, whatever. Right? But he didn't do any of that and I think in the absence of that, it was it was pretty it was easy a, to move. Yeah, it was still in, in poor taste. Yeah. It, didn't, it didn't fix anything and they, yeah. they knew that the battle was going to keep raging. Yep. And uh, one one important note that I think that I wanted to make during this was they didn't just drop the name, they yep. also returned the donation. Yep. yep. So so yeah, so a couple things. Uh this is where it gets uh, interesting and tricky. Uh so yes, they tur- returned his money. Um it turns out that the money no, they returned his money, but well, they did, they took the name off including off of my <laughs> off my job, right? which I'll note, by the way, I found out by watching the live stream at the Muncie web paper website, right? No one called me to say we're going to do this. So I didn't – I heard this the same – Well, it would have been collusion if they – it would have been corrupt if they had told you ahead of time because <laughs> they, yeah. we can't, but, we but can't do that. It's a public aside. meeting. Put that aside, yeah. Uh, the So so the good, the good news here is that uh, the funds that support the work that I'm doing in the economics department with, and with my colleague Todd Nesbitt – Come directly from the Koch Foundation. They they were not Schnatter's was not Schnatter's money. So the fact that he's getting he the, that the university is returning his money affects my work absolutely not at all, um, and my salary and research money and all that stuff. Is, your your work is, is still safe. It's just that you now they can they can sell they can sell you to the highest bidder. Right. <laughs> well, right. So right. So I I got I got no name on my on my chair now. Right. I go find someone to to fund it. Right. And get their name on it. If you want the Jeremiah Morrell, you know you can. Hey, hey, uh, yeah, the uh, Boss Hog Liberty Distinguished Professor. There you go. Professor. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking. I mean, I wanted to F.A. Hayek Professor, but the Boss boss Hog Liberty. <laughs> we, we don't have the millions that, yeah. that uh, uh, Schnatter did, but yeah, whatever. So, but, but so the good news is, is well, that, that all that stuff John, John Wayne used to say he used to work for $20 a day and he used to work for $5 a day. Yeah. And if, if there's not a $20 offer, maybe it's $5 to get it. Yeah. Uh, so, well, good, so it's good. The work will continue that we're doing, so, and, and I suspect it will grow. So, so speaking, while we're on the college topic mm-hmm. and controversies, I'm going to make a little change here in our show note order here because we have a, we have a special guest that we're going to line up, uh, and it's uh, Purdue University. Uh, they got themselves in the news with uh, with their all the students have gone back to school. John, uh, I, I assume freshmen reported this week or next week at uh, at Ball State. Uh, we started class on Monday of this week. You're already so, in. Yep. So uh, we're going to have Mason uh, Mason Routinghouse on, or whatever, however you say it. Routinghouse. Routinghouse. Yes. Uh, he's a tri-alum, Henry County guy, and he's a first-year student at uh, at Purdue. And we will – we're going to play with the sound Hello. here. Hello. Mason. Yeah. We All right. Jeremiah Morrill, Boss Hog of Liberty Show. You are on. You are on live with uh, Jeremiah, Dakota, and Chase, and uh, Steve Horwitz of uh, Ball State University, the professor. And we're just uh, just introducing your segment here. 
talking about you being a first year student at uh, at Purdue and you went to something called Gold Rush. Is that right? Yeah, it's called Boiler Gold Rush. It's like a freshman orientation week. Hmm. So, it, what what kind of things happen at this event? Uh, I mean, throughout the week, they just have like sessions. You learn about the school. You learn where your classes are. They get you to communicate with new incoming freshmen. And I mean, it's honestly a great program. So, are, uh, do you have to uh, do you have to go to the through Gold Gold Rush or uh, there was because there were all kinds of different stories going around as the uh, the presentation uh, is mandatory and some people saying that it was a, a voluntary thing to go to. Oh, absolutely not. Um, what I mean, you do, as a freshman, you get the choice to come to Boiler Gold Rush. You move in a week early. We moved in um, last Monday. Throughout the week, they had events. You got to, like I said, learn the campus. And not even the things that you that they put on were, um, they weren't required. You didn't have to go if you didn't want to. So, so they had things lined up. They promoted everything, and you could choose to go if you wanted so this event that made the news is a portion of that, and I guess it was a it was a comedy act, a guy named Andy Gross who performed. Are you a big uh, stand up comedy guy? You like enjoy that stuff? Oh, absolutely. So, uh, what uh, what was it advertised as, and what did you uh, what did you experience? What was what, what was your it was, was it funny? Exactly. Personally, from my standpoint, if I'm going to have a comedian come on stage, I'm not there to. You know, I'm there to laugh and things. And he was advertised as a comedian, ventriloquist, and uh, a magician. Okay. So. The, the trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> and he is. He is yeah. all three. So in the show, it had and, audience participation, and they they asked, a, I guess, a young lady to come on. Uh, I assume she's a student, one of your cohorts. And she came on stage, yep. and, the, and the bit was she was going to guess a card, and he was going to draw it, and he... As it, there's video of it. I, I saw a portion of it on YouTube, but I don't think I saw the whole thing because I watched it and I thought, man, that can't all be all that had happened or else this would be a nothing yeah, burger. Yeah, exactly. So on the news, if you watch the video, they show you a video and it shows, and even in the articles it says he failed at that trick and it made him just look like a complete dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> and it, uh, I mean, the news just made it look 10 times worse than what it was and like you said in your little summary, it said, are students too thin-skinned or is he in the wrong? And personally, he's a Las Vegas performer. You know, he, that means he's in front of adults consistently. He's not with families. He, uh, he was con- contracted as a comedian. At this age group, you know, you've got kids at all maturity levels. Um, are, are you you're uh, you've been sent to Purdue University? Does that mean that you're considered an adult now? Are you do you, you are you a child or an adult, Mason? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. That's um, part, but, but that that is um, the question, right? I mean, that's that's part of what I yeah. think is is at stake here. I mean, well, the, I'll just say the interesting thing to me. You know, this is first of all, presumably the young woman volunteered to go up on stage, right? Nobody dragged her on so, stage, correct? Wait, so what happened was. He went through the crowd. Um, he said, I need a volunteer. He came down on off the stage, and he, like, he walked around the first row, and he told this girl to put her hand up. She put her hand up, and he walked back up on stage, you know, just as a joke, and he goes, oh, I need a volunteer. And then, like, she was already raising her hand because he told her to put it up. And he goes, oh, you look good. And he came up there. <laughs> right. 
So, and she was no, also. I mean, yeah, it was pretty funny when she yeah, did that. Yeah. And this is, as you said, right, this guy's a professional comedian, and this is what you would do yeah. at, a, at a Vegas show or something like that. I've seen, you know, if you've ever been That's to any kind of Vegas show. Exactly. And the things. Now, he's done this act for years, the same act, you know, and it's just what's, it's what's got him as a Vegas headliner, obviously. And it's not even like he did anything awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are, you know, they're pushing it and they're like, oh, he sexually harassed this girl. And it's just, it just isn't what happened. I mean, it, the timing was awful. Let it, it was awful. We had this presentation before it and it was about ah. free zone, which is a way of saying, oh, we accept everybody. We don't discriminate. There's no sexual assault, no sexual harassment, things like this. And the timing was awful. So, okay, so, so, oh my gosh. So his agent that is I probably going to get screamed at. Yeah, I had not heard that piece of it, which is interesting. And look, those, those programs are really good. I used to, I used to help run the orientation program at my prior school. So look, stuff like that's really good, but you're right. Certainly in that context, whatever he did is going to look a lot worse than. Yeah. And it, per- it, perceived as what, a lot worse. Yeah. But yeah, what, what do you expect from a comedian? Right. I mean, exactly. Had, had exactly. they never listened to this guy before, before they signed him? The administrators who oh, did, possibly that's, not. That's the bad part yeah. of Purdue's side. Because, you know, they have this student orientation committee. They were supposed to, they put this whole thing on. It was a group of like five or six or seven, maybe, students. And they put this whole thing on over um, supervisors and then team leaders. Team leaders at the lowest level being in charge of their groups. Supervisors are the, in charge of the team leaders. And, you know, the SOC over everybody. And... Yeah. You think they'd look, especially as this big as a university period. You think they'd look into a comedian as soon as I see comedian and red flag, I'm going to look. Oh, is it an appropriate comedian? You know, you think they look into their background, say, as is appropriate for who we're showing it to. So, uh, also one other thing. Back to Steve's point of maybe they hadn't listened to it. Andy Gross is actually in the middle of a college campus tour, so he's going across the country, going to these different orientations. So it's not like he, this was right. the first one. It, he, his agent, probably set this up and mm-hmm. made the first contact. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah. So right, and the other. I, so it's really interesting that it was right after the presentation on sexual assault and all that. That makes that helps explain why the over why the overreaction. But everything I've heard, right? Nobody yeah. touched anybody's genitals. People made oh, I mean, no. he made jokes, yeah. but nobody touched. And no, she wasn't forced in any meaningful sense of the word exactly. forced to do anything. This is exactly. right. So if we think, so the interesting question for me is compare this. I don't know if you guys have followed this case at NYU with the famous feminist philosopher. Who, who has been accused of female, has been accused of, of, of uh, sexually harassing one of her male graduate students. Yeah, I think I saw the yeah, headline. Yeah, and so, right. And, but, but what's interesting about all of these, th- what real harassment involves power relationships, right? That's ultimately what it's about. And I just don't see that here. This is a comedian doing an act. He didn't do anything, my view, crosses the line. I mean, it's, you know, you can say it was in perhaps poor taste, but that's what comedians do. Comedians fail all the time. Right, that's not, right. And he didn't, I mean, right. right. And in some sense, he didn't fail. If you've this, seen him do this, the trick, this, it, right, this yeah. joke is designed to fail because right, he's, right. Supposed to, he's supposed to get the wrong card. Right. And then the punchline of this thing was, well, at least I got a free feel out of oh, it. Oh, yeah. that's not even the thing, though. He, he, he intentionally made it look like he failed. Yep. He said, oh, at least I got a free feel out of it. That was the punchline of the joke. And then... He finished the trick, yep. and her card popped out of that deck that was drawn onto the paper. Yep, 
Yeah. So what happened so not, well, after this happened? Was it a thing that went on Twitter and people started working out, or was there immediate booing, or what was the crowd well, reaction at the moment? I, I as soon as like as soon as she came off stage, one of the members of the two of the members of the SOC, the Student Orientation Committee, walked over to her, and I could see up there like because I wasn't so far away. I can see. I saw up there they were talking to her like something was wrong. Then I saw a few of the team supervisors walk out of Elliott Hall of music. And I was like, something's wrong. And I just waited for it and waited for it. And nothing else like that even happened. So we get through, you know, halfway through, he comes out in the audience to do another trick. And, um, he's asking for volunteers and he walks up to a girl and he says, stand up. And she refused, wouldn't do anything. And he said, fine, be like that. Like just messing around. And then she stood up and like tried to rip the microphone from his hand. And he just pulled it away and kept walking and went to another one. Then this girl, he asked another one, and she wouldn't stand up. So at this time, I knew they're protesting whatever his act is going to be. I knew something was wrong, and they've been contacted by um, one of the SOC members. And in the end, I found out they were. So we were sitting there waiting. He finally got a volunteer because a girl just got up and volunteered. You know, the trick wasn't even bad. You know, it was just a normal magic trick. And he turned like a a tissue rose into a real rose and he went back up on stage later on in the show. You know, he was, um, cute as well, labeled as a ventriloquist at no point in the time. Did he bring a puppet? He brought one out and it didn't come. <laughs> I mean, it was good, but he, um, had a dog and he blew up a balloon and then made the dog like fly off his hand. Like, I mean, he just threw it off. It was done. But then he was like, man, I'd have a puppet. So he got another volunteer and, you knew he knew something was up too. So there, another girl didn't step foot on the stage. He started calling guys. Uh, so he gets up there and he goes, well, there's one condition, you know, usually when you're a ventriloquist, um, the dummy sits on the lap, you know, the ventriloquist lap. And it just, <laughs> you know, he's sitting there, he's waiting, he doesn't do anything. He goes, he starts backing up and then, then he, he makes the, um, he says, back that shit up. That's what he says. So he likes to sit down on him. And, you know, it's like everyone. That's when the majority of the people walked out. They all took offense. People were yelling, dropping the bomb at him, you know, mm. in the crowd, booing him. And then everyone got off state, well, out of the place. Not even everybody. And it said in the news, we were instructed to leave. Not once were we instructed to leave. And it said the music was played over his performance. And not once did that happen. So did he actually call himself the Matt Lauer of magic? Uh, yeah, he did. He did. He did. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. So what's it been like? Is it is it died down, or, are the, or do you have do you have news crews out there talking to everybody? You obviously got the Boss Hog Liberty, which is a big deal in I, your hometown. I but haven't I haven't seen one. Hmm. Um, you know, everybody's talking about it over here. I'm I'm, I'm just like. In, yeah. in this day, I'm only 19 years old, and like it's just like, you know, people always are always worrying about stepping on each other's toes, and that's what that was. I mean, everyone just gets butt hurt anymore. <laughs> well, and the <laughs> and thing is, like, a part of it too, right, is that people have 
especially again coming on the heels of that presentation, sometimes have difficulty recognizing context. Right? The, this is not the context yeah. of, say, a boss. You know, go, uh, you know, Harvey Weinstein, right? Harassing actresses who he has power over and who he can get. I mean, this is a very, very different context. Even if the even if you think the the physical behavior was a problem and it's not clear it was, but even if you think it is, right? Again, it's in a really, really different context of of someone essentially volunteering to come up on stage and be part of this. You, if you get up on stage at a live performance anywhere, you better be prepared that something you're going to get embarrassed, right? You're, you're going to get embarrassed. Show. Yeah, 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 you're part of the show. That's right. And um, it's not. It's just what you guys have seen and many people have seen in the video. He plays. She places her hand. He doesn't take her hand once. Touches her once, yeah. takes her hand and puts it on his leg. Well, she does, or herself. She right. didn't have to. Well, Mason, thank and, you very much and, for, for hey, doing Mason, this, man. Mason, I got a couple questions for you before you leave. <laughs> uh, I have a cousin thinking about going to Purdue. Uh, how good is the food there? <laughs> well, personally, I just came back from the dining court before you guys fall. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what do you have? Um, you know. I, I had a nice, uh, what I have, sloppy joe and some chicken, mm. some cookies, chocolate cake and icing. One out of uh, ten. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You you were an athlete at Tri, were you not? Oh, yeah. That's different here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently you're giving up on that dream now and you're just working on the freshman 15 in the first month. <laughs> Yeah, freshman fifteen or freshman thirty—it yeah. depends yeah. on how. What? Well, like we say, you know, when the marginal cost of food is zero, right? You're just going to keep going from one to exactly. ten. Exactly. How good is the food? Uh, depends on the dining court. Okay, you got them picked out. You overall, got, you... I'd give this, overall I'd give this place seven out of ten on the food. Nice, Ooh, nice. nice. Huh. That, that for a college man, yeah, it could right. it could be pretty scary sometimes. Yeah. Last question. This is a big one for my cousin. How hot are the women? <laughs> he says after we just do this whole segment about. I kind of, I kind of walked into one on that. I walked in expecting something a little more than what I've been, the card I've been dealt. So, uh, um, one, so to, I, one to it's ten. It's probably about a five. It's not. <laughs> if you're looking for a lick. Not an education. You might want to go to like IU. Yeah, that's where my wife went. And she's very hot, so I would say IU for sure. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, they're they're a little different here. I think they're more focused on an education here. <laughs> All right. All thanks, right. Mason. Thank you very much, Mason. Congratulations right. on uh, on on your academic achievements. Uh, you're going to be the uh, the next great pharmacist out of Tri High University. There's a I don't know how it's happened, but there's this pipeline of pharmacists out of Tri to, to Purdue. <laughs> Uh, and find some time to take some economics. There's really good econ profs there. There you go. Uh, I am in a microcon class right now. I'm actually double majoring. Excellent. And, uh, with uh, another major in business management. So. Good. Uh, if people want to follow yeah. you, if you got anything to promote, Mason, you're on the show. You want to Instagram follows? You got anything Anything cool? Oh, absolutely. Follow me. My handle's uh, ROTT442 on uh, Instagram. Then my Twitter's ROTT4402 on Twitter. Awesome, man! Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. It's uh, we're we're proud of you, and uh, we're uh, we're excited to watch uh, watch how things go and spread the word about the boss hog up in uh, West Lafayette. Oh, absolutely, will do. All right, man. Good talking. Thanks. Rex Bell. Uh, Rex Bell's in the chat, and he said he sat behind a bunch of guys waving dildos at the Libertarian National Convention in New Orleans. How could he possibly be offended? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I watched some of this guy's act real quick before we move on. I watched some of it on YouTube. 
I, I like not even just that specific act, just his other stuff that he'd done. Uh, I had a better show in uh, at Zany's in Chicago this weekend than anything he puts on. So I'm thinking that some of the outrage and the walkout is people were just getting tired of it. Well, it, it, that was new information. <laughs> I had not heard that they just gone through sexual harassment training, yeah, and then, yeah. you, send, really then you send this this guy out there. So they're all like, oh, "See something? Say yes, something!" Right, and here right. it is. Yeah. No, I think that's. I think that's exactly. And the, right. the poor guy was set up to fail. Right. Understand? Yeah. I mean, understandable in one sense, even if it's part of this whole. We've seen all these other comedians say how they won't play college campuses anymore for just this sort of reason. But yeah, this this to do that to have him do that act right after that presentation. Not surprisingly, they're gonna they're gonna read the the, the thing differently than you. Might you have, have to wonder if that didn't cross his mind beforehand. Like, yeah. maybe I should. You also have to know whether he even knew the schedule, right? You oh know, yeah, you know that's if he true. Even knew that, right? So that's uh, yeah. you parachute in and you yeah, yeah right exactly yeah, yeah. You, you don't know what you're getting into. <laughs> yeah, not, I mean, he's, he's like you said, he's on the road doing all these shows. You just pop in, do your show, pop out, right? What do you know? But yeah. Get, so, so yeah, it, it's been this theme, and it, between between the Papa John story and and then this thing at Purdue, and now Bob Lamy, the you know the guy who's been the voice of the Indianapolis Colts for thirty two of the thirty five years he's been in Indiana, mm. uh, and he used a word apparently that's uh, that's been reported in that media. The it's being it's it's percolating out, and and you're getting different reports and getting the full story. Um, it is a very it, it's a time of change. Yeah, and it, the language that you're allowed to use, and the things you say, and the settings you say them in, um, it's it's we are very reactionary as a society. Yeah, we yeah, and sometimes with justification, right? I mean, you know, you can't do you can't say the word Schnatter said, even in a context where you're not calling someone that, and expect to not have consequences. You just can't. The word the word is too toxic. You know, other kinds of things like, like the Purdue thing we're, we're talking about here, right, are, are more complicated. Uh, but, you know, even there, understandably, in some sense, in the world of Me Too, you can see why people would overreact. Uh, I mean, I think this sounds to me like it was an overreaction, but you can understand it. And, and it's that, you know, the pendulum will start to swing back, I think, at some point. We'll hopefully get to a more reasonable place. But the danger, of course, is that one of the dangers of making big deals out of nothing is that then everything starts to be nothing. And we don't want to be there either, right? I mean, we really do want to put the Harvey Weinsteins in jail. We want that to happen, right? But if everyone starts believing, oh, it's all, you know, politically correct left-wing nonsense, right? That's not good either. So I think it's it's important for us to be careful and look at the details like we've just been having that conversation and figure out exactly what's going on. We will continue this conversation. We'll uh, we'll, we'll announce now that next Thursday, uh, we're going to have stand-up comedian on the show, yeah. uh, magically. Uh, it, this is literally the way it worked out. We plan our stuff months in advance, it seems like. But uh, Chris Bowers, uh, the stand-up comic who owned Morty's Comedy Club, and you've heard him on Bob and Tom, Bowers is going to be joining us uh, Thursday next week. So uh, that'll be a really interesting yeah. conversation to hear, you know, what's the culture like yep. in stand-up comedy yep. and what you can say and what you can get away mm-hmm. with. And, you know, he, he had a club and operated it moderately <laughs> successfully uh, for a few years and it's, it's gone now. And, um, yeah, there's tragically. There, yeah. I love, we loved Morty's. Uh, we really enjoyed going to Morty's. So, uh, but we're going to talk to Bowers and, and talk about what stand-up comedy has in the future and, and what you're allowed to do and, and this dance you do with language, because that's a part of the yeah. act or the skill in comedy, is you go to listen to those shows to dance on the edge and to have have some fun. And man, it could be a career ender. Yep. It's yeah. just, it's it's knowing where the edge is is the problem. My my daughter is a is a comedy writer and performer, uh, and and I know that that 
you know, as a woman in particular, right? You're you're struggling with that. You're struggling with trying to make your way in what's still a male-dominated profession. So yeah, it's uh, it's a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So now let's, we're let's ready get for into the, the main topic, the main fillet meat. Are you going to upset any of the vegans that listen to the show? We we go that way. It's all right. <laughs> Protest me. I dare you. As long as it's locally sourced, <laughs> right, organic, grass-fed right. Koger beef. I don't think Koger beef is grass-fed. They eat in the field. Uh, they have some grain, too, but they eat grass. All right. Well, but they're not, not 100%. exclusively. So we had this conversation. We talked about this a minute ago. We kind of teased it. Uh, Chris mm-hmm. Galt was going to be here, and then and we accidentally got Chase instead. Thank you, Chase. My bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh we are libertarians just printed some t-shirts up about a month ago and we, Chris Spangle did the same thing that we've done on this show where we have a special event. We have some t-shirts uh, that are available for purchase limited run. You order your shirts and then they get direct shipped to you 20, 25 bucks a piece. The show gets a cut. We do well. You guys get your merchandise. Everybody's happy. Those are done through some dot com website. Uh, Galt said, you are a terrible person. You should have, Found a local supplier and ordered 200 T-shirts or 300 T-shirts and paid for the T-shirts and mailed them out and sh- shipped them and you would have made more money and you would have supported, supported a local, local business. That was his biggest thing was you uh, supporting the local business owners because somehow, Steve, in our society, there's this entrenched idea that if you – if you buy from Walmart or from Amazon instead of buying at your local a boutique or whatever, somehow you are not – you do not have the moral high ground yep. comparatively to the other people. And so that's a, that was the whole argument that we started having with Galt, and it was like – and the crazy thing was is that one of the other co-hosts on We Are Libertarians – Works, works there. Yeah, works, <laughs> works for the, for the company. Dot com. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because it's not a locally owned business. And we hear people say that all the time. We, we, it, yeah. This is a little bit of a sidetrack, but it's we don't want these global corporations coming into yep. our community, right? Uh, you know, But Boar's Head has hundreds of jobs in our yep. town, uh, but they're not owned here. Their headquarters isn't here. One, one Walmart Supercenter, 400 to 500 jobs. Yes. So what's, what should be happening? How should we be looking at this, Steve? Uh, well – um, I, d- I noticed I was looking at the show notes. Um, you, I wrote a piece on this a while back for for fee somewhere. I'll, I'll dig it up for you guys. But but I th- okay. So a couple of things to think about. Um, when there's, the, I think the problem with this is people want to grab the moral high ground for buy for shop locally. And what I would say in response, you don't get the high ground. It's not that it's wrong to shop locally or that it's automatically better to buy from Amazon or Walmart or whatever. There's trade offs all over the place. I just think. It, to say one is clearly better or more morally right than the other, that's the problem. So just as a couple of kind of responses to the usual arguments you hear, um, the, 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 the claim that it's more environmentally responsible to buy locally, consider a couple of things. If you go to Walmart or Target, you can buy everything in one trip, right? That's the cool part. You go to Costco, you get a living room set and a bunch of salmon, right? I mean, it's okay. <laughs> you, you, and you make and one the, trip. And the grill to cook it and on. And the grill to cook it <laughs> on. And you make yeah. one trip in your instead of multiple trips, right, to all kinds of different places all over the place. Even if you order from Amazon, you order multiple things, it comes in one with those white Amazon vans, shows up at your door, right? So, so there's plenty of – of environmental savings that way. And it's not like, you know, the, the giant truck that it's being shipped from wherever, right, is not – the fact that there's one more package on it doesn't make that much of a difference. Yeah. In fact, there's some studies that show it's even cheaper to, to send stuff 
long distance. There's, there's food mile studies that look at, look at this too. So, so that that's not gonna, that I think is not really good. The environmental argument is not going to fly. Um, I think the other thing to think about is it's usually the case that the WalMarts and Amazons are cheaper. And if you're if you're buying something there, that th- now th- th- there was a, there's a group that's going to jump in immediately and say they're cheaper because it's on the back of the labor that they pay low labor and they beat well, up on their okay, suppliers. We'll come back to that in a minute, but but assuming for the moment it's cheaper, right? That's that savings that pe- that local people have that they can now have more money to spend also on other local stuff. Years ago, when I was living in New York State, you'll. You'll recognize this story right away. Uh, I was living in Canton and they were going to build a, a Walmart a super center up in Potsdam. And so I was asked by the local Republican committee or whatever to, to be on a panel presentation to defend Walmart, which I was happy to do. And uh, the it was great, by the way. The crowd was about three to one pro Walmart, right? Um, and the, my favorite moment was the, the one of the women on the anti-Walmart side was a local preacher uh, and, and, you know, she got up and said how she can, how she tells her parishioners all the time, right, that they should keep, you know, con- small footprint, consume, you know, little and locally and, 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 and they be anti-consumer and all that. So I, I got up at my next turn. I said, I said, look, that's great. And you're welcome to tell your parishioners that. But the moment you try to put that into law, I have real First Amendment concerns here, right? And the audience loved that, right? I came home. I told my, now my ex-wife, I said, well, if the house gets hit by lightning, now you know why, because I <laughs> had to take down the preacher woman tonight. Yeah. So uh, I so, found but, your article. Yeah, actually yeah. on on fee and it is titled uh economic localism is no better than economic nationalism yeah, yeah. and the thing okay so i started reading the first paragraph okay listener the thing that i love most about reading steve's work is his wonderful vocabulary and i i love your use of language and uh uh, so, like, the first sentence is, as Black Friday has continued to expand in recent years, one response to its orgy of discounts and deals has been to promote the following day. Yeah, so yeah. I, I'd i love that. Right. Well, that's- thanks. Uh, I, so, so I think – and I think that's so, – so for me, that's, that's, the, that's the part of the issue here is, is that these – like Walmart and all these – the big box stores. Amazon's a little more complicated. But they offer opportunities, both work opportunities and in small towns like you – you know, in St. Lawrence County, right? One of the one woman got up at this presentation. I have two two teenagers got up and said, "We need jobs, right?" But one woman got up and she says, she kind of says, "Look at me. I can't go into the boutique stores in Potsdam or Canton and find anything that fits me. The only place I can go to find stuff that fits me is Walmart, right?" And then other people. Some one woman said, "said I don't want to have to drive 25 miles to Augensburg." To get diapers when I could be able to get them here, you know, five minutes away. So, so St. Lawrence County, New York yeah. is probably, it is one of the, if it is the largest county in the state Geographically, of New York. Geographically, yeah. But, and it's one of the smallest populations. So it's, if you picture our area, it's, it's basically like a, a nine county area in Indiana with lots of small towns and hamlets. And it's also fairly poor. It's, it's in the bottom 25% yeah. inc- income wise. And so, you know, these folks are saying, Hey, we need jobs. We need cheap, we need cheaper goods. Right. And this was t- maybe what, 10 years ago, not as many people had internet access and Amazon wasn't quite Amazon yet. And so the idea of, it was easy for the wealthier people to say, Oh, we don't want Walmart because it'll spoil, you know, the pristine countryside when they, had internet connections, could shop that way, or they traveled a lot. Like they, you know, I was, my family's in Detroit, so we would go to Detroit every once in a while. We'd get some stuff that we couldn't find locally. But if you don't have those, financially, you don't have those opportunities. Having a place like Walmart, right, 
is, is great. So, and the other thing to remember about these, it's not like the people they hire drive in from 500 miles away. These are your friends and neighbors they're right. hiring. They yeah. are local businesses. That That's the part we, that's 450 jobs that are going to people in your community. I'm going to stay with Walmart because I know Walmart the best. They also give back, right? They sponsor all kinds of, you know, little league baseball teams and all kinds of stuff like that. They're really involved in the community. So sort of to argue somehow that the only people making money out of this, right, are sort of far off whomever's also remember. Remember, who owns Walmart stock? Lots of institutional investors. That's your retirement program, right? So, mm-hmm. so again, the, the the notion that somehow these organizations, you know, the WalMarts and the Amazons, are don't have a local component to them. Oh, and I know the one other thing I want to say. Back to Jeremiah's point from earlier. Okay, so Walmart a few years ago came out in support of raising the minimum wage. Now, why would Walmart do that? It's relevant to this sort of they you know they 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 don't pay their workers enough. The reason is that Walmart pays their workers more than the mom and pop stores do, right? And so they they want to raise the minimum wage because it'll hammer the mom and pop stores. So one of the things to keep in mind here, you know, if you want to argue well Walmart keeps their prices low because they don't pay their workers very much, actually they pay more than the mom and pop stores do. That's why they want to see the minimum wage go up. So, you know, and and again, if you're living in these towns as I did for 27 years, right? Finding employment opportunities for young people is really tough. When you get Walmart in there, suddenly you got something. Well, and the yeah. consumer the consumer benefits from having the store there. Yeah. Uh, Rushville, the next city south of us here, about twenty miles south of Newcastle, where our studios are, uh, they had a small. They didn't have a. They didn't have one of the supercenter WalMarts. They had a small Walmart, and it closed last earlier this year. Now the people of the city are disappointed and mad that the products they would buy at Walmart they can't get, so they have to drive to Newcastle or Greensburg to go or to Shelbyville to get those products. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. So, and whenever I was writing the show notes, um, I I gave us a list of all of the of the top arguments that that came from a paper that uh, that is titled uh, "Indie Impact Study Series: A National Comparative Survey with the American Booksellers Association." On uh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So th- this is where it's all come from. My favorite point that they made was point number two. Uh, in, in this paper, which is you conserve your tax dollars. And the argument that they made was somewhere along the line of shopping in a local business you shop, district. You save your tax dollars? Yeah. It says that if you shop local, then you're not driving as far. And so therefore. Less wear and tear. Yeah. Less yeah. wear and tear on the infrastructure. And I thought, how ridiculous is that? Do you know how much, how much money in taxes the Walmart down the road is paying. Right. <laughs> and again, go back to the Amazon argument. All right, you want to be more efficient use of the roadways, put everything in one truck instead of 40 people taking their own uh, cars. Steve, that's right. not yeah. even going to be an issue in 10 years. We're just yeah. going to have drones doing right. it. Well, that's there. even better, <laughs> right? Even better. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I, I, look, all of this said, this doesn't mean it's a bad idea to shop locally, right? It's perfectly fine. In fact, I'll just tell you a quick story up in Fishers, right? Um, when we moved up there, I was looking for, you know, to Hardware store type stuff. And one of the interesting things about where we are, we're like on 116th, uh, 131st in Allisonville. Um, there's no Lowe's or Home Depot that's really close, right? It's 15 minutes to the nearest one, which is not terrible, right? But it's not like around the corner. And so I was kind of – I thought this is weird. Then I realized there's a small little do-it center on Allisonville Road and 116th. Yep. Five minutes away. You know, Local I'm hardware shop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Five minutes away. And I went there one time. I was like, actually – I said, this place is really nice. <laughs> it's bigger than I thought. It reminds me of the little ones in 
St. Lawrence County, right? But it's bigger, physically bigger. They got great plants and the staff is really nice and it's five minutes from the house, right? And, and now, now they are a little more expensive than Lowe's or Home Depot, but I'm happy to shop there and keep that place in business because even though they're a little more expensive, the service is great. Uh, you know, we bought a, we bought a grill there and some other stuff and they, and so they're really, really good. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? We all have to make that. I'm, I'm thrilled to have a, a, in my situation, I live on the south side of Newcastle and about four years ago, Gilman's opened up a do it best center in yeah. Newcastle. It's the only lumber yard we have in town and it keeps you having to drive 30 miles yeah. to the next town to go get lumber or, uh, or countertops or paint, yeah. or high quality paint. Uh, so it, it's great to have the, the thing that I think a lot of us lose sight of is that if there's a product that you're going to buy at a local store and it's going to cost you two times what it would cost to buy it at on online, it means that you're not going to be able to buy another product yeah, locally that yeah, you would have. Exactly. So if I'm looking at yard signs for my campaign, right? I'm, I'm running for county council. Uh, Jeremiah Morrill at uh, for the Henry County Council. You uh, are it, yeah, really? Yeah, really, absolutely. I didn't know. Uh, great, great <laughs> opportunity to uh, vote for freedom. Anyway, the uh, <laughs> shameless plugs. Uh, you're welcome. The uh, I'm looking at yard signs. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm if I'm going to look at a local vendor and they're going to charge me five hundred dollars for yard signs, or I can go online and buy them for two hundred, it means that I can spend three hundred dollars more that I've raised on something else, and I may be able yep. to select a local vendor, and then they get, get that work still gets done, right? And the campaign benefits and even more product sold, right? And I want to note, and this is I think a point that's in the fee article that Dakota pulled up. This is the exact same logic with international trade, right? That when we buy, if I buy Chinese made TV cheaper, I've got money left over in my pocket to buy perhaps U.S. made stuff that I otherwise wouldn't have been able to buy if I bought this. So, so again, right? I mean, it's, it's which the, raises our standard of living, right? Yeah, everybody's standard of living right. got better because now I have two of something, right? Right, and and let's note by so you're the way, richer. That's, right? You're richer, and and the Chinese got better off too, right? I mean, you know, the fact that we, I bought the, the 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 Chinese made TV means there's a bunch of Chinese workers who are doing better than they were too, and arguably they are in the they need it more than we do, but you know that's uh, right. Like, uh, like the eye pencil. Yeah, you, yeah. you know, like, uh, yeah. In the fee article, uh, you did write about that, and uh, <laughs> I forgot we were going to talk about eye t-shirt with Chris. <laughs> yeah, we were going to. Yeah, we were going to totally locally sourced, yeah. and we're going to make him grow his own cotton. Yeah, and and dye his own wool, or you know, get yeah. his own dyes, and 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 pr- yep. do everything local. He's going to do everything locally. You brought up uh, Ben Powell's book called uh, Out of Poverty. Sweatshops yep. in the global economy. Um, yeah, I, 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 I've read a little bit. You've written about this yeah. before. By the way, Ben will be one of our speakers in the spring. Uh, really? At Ball State. So that, just a little plug for that. Are, are you still putting all of your lectures online? Uh, all of my, my class lectures? Yeah. Yeah, the same ones. I'm, re- I'm, I'm teaching online again this semester, uh, mostly because I'm, I still don't have an immune system, or at least I don't, I don't have a complete immune system. <laughs> didn't make us wear the SARS masks. So no, I no, no, I didn't even check if you guys were healthy, but, but, uh, this is interesting. I'll just, if you get a stem cell transplant, if anyone of you ever happened to get a stem cell transplant, one of the things to know is that it wipes out your immune system. And, and so you get your white blood cells and all that back, but you have to go through your childhood immunizations again. Really? I got nothing. I got nothing, right? I lose all. It's like, it is like wiping, like reformatting a hard drive. You lose everything. So you got your MMR, your polio. I got, I, well, not yet, right? That's the thing. Not till six months. So December, I get all that stuff. Uh, and so, and you lose all your cold immunities too, 
right? You're completely so everything you've had. You've, you're subject to yeah. again. Yeah, I'm subject to again. Exactly. Uh, which is the whole. I mean, that's the treatment, right? You want to. It's my immune system is the problem. So doing this, we've rebooted it. Yes, exactly. That's, in fact, my Facebook profile when I was having it done was all all jokes related, sort of computer images of rebooting or yeah. Wiping did you try turning it on? Yeah, right. Yeah. Off, turning it back on. Again? No, because that's when they get the paddles out. We, we, we didn't want. We didn't want that. Uh, but but anyway, yeah. So so I'm so I'm teaching online again because. It's silly to expose myself. The students to, are dirty, right? They're germy, disgusting. <laughs> well, Eighteen and, to twenty-two. And, right? Back to the point about yeah, the about the uh, so immune I'm, system. Really quick, yeah. I saw your your post this week about uh, the uh, the vaccines, and yeah. I, I I thought about it before. Kind yeah. of, yeah, that, but not that, really. There's in that adults context. running around out there without immune systems that you need. Oh, to that's get. true. You yeah, could, this is your yeah. chance to anti-vax. You can just <laughs> yeah. not take them, right? Or, or scream at everyone else who isn't. But yeah, so so. God, I hope we, Steve we, doesn't get autism. <laughs> so so well, uh, that ended Dakota's career. Yeah, it did. Uh, where were we? Oh, yes, we were. So I'm teaching online again. So all those videos that were are still they're still on YouTube. All the videos that were were up are still there. Yeah. So cool. Um, so you can All find right. those. That's for my for my intro class. Yeah, yeah I'm glad to see me again. I, Chase, my, do you feel like you just got a first grade econ uh, explanation? Do you, mean, any, do you have any questions from the from the third row? He's looking at porn over there. Yeah, so. yeah. I'll be honest, guys. <laughs> <laughs> he's I, looking at porn. I'm telling you, I am trying to get my fantasy league together. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's it's you know it's middle aged guy porn. Right? It is. It is really hard to get twelve guys to agree on one night. For for a draft, I haven't even tried. I haven't even tried yet. I haven't reset our league, uh, my my league that I'm trying to get chased into. I've never done. I, I did that whole thing on fantasy football, right, for mm-hmm. IHS. But I've never played. I've never actually been in a league. And and I think one of the reasons I don't want to do it is it will make me over invested in the NFL, right? <laughs> that I'm going to care too much about what happens every week. Yeah, remember, you don't want to remember, support- I grew up in Detroit. I'm a Lions fan, so I have a problems here to begin with. You're going to love Golden yeah. Tate in the third round, right? 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 <laughs> and so you know, it's bad enough I have to turn on and watch the Lions. You know, uh, well, and you don't want to you don't want to overly support those. God dang flag kneeling. Well, there's yeah, <laughs> yeah right. All those commie NFL players. <laughs> I'm waiting for the fee article that says, love my country or get out. Yeah. No, nope. <laughs> not happening. Not going to happen. Not gonna what do you happen. think of this? Uh, what do you think of this last point uh, that came from that study that said that uh, local business owners donate to the community at twice the rate of uh, I, corporations? I, I honestly don't, I don't know whether what they were measuring and whether that's true. So, I, I mean, I, uh, it, it's certainly possible. Neither do I. They didn't cite so, anything. So, but the one thing I would say is, look, you can donate to the, Community, right? You can donate your time and resource and those. But the other thing you can do for the community is to create jobs and offer low prices and, and so on, right? It's it's not. This is part of that moral high ground, right? To sort of claim that the charitable stuff is what we count as working for the community, and we don't count the 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 sort of economic benefits that come from sort of the normal profit seeking activity of firms. That's the problem, and I think again, this goes to a sort of deeper philosophical issue where we tend to uh, overly credit people's intentions, right? Oh, well, clearly if you're donating and you're being charitable, right, it, we can understand that you are trying to intentionally do this good thing, whereas the, you know, Walmart is trying to maximize return to its shareholders or whatever, it's seeking profits. The fact that that unintentionally does all these good things, we don't count as much morally. And I think it's an interesting question whether yeah. that's that's what we should do, right? I mean, ah. What is it? What do, do the intentions matter? 
That was the uh, that was the perfect answer. That's exactly what I was hoping you would say. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's why you guys are paying me the big bucks to be on the show. My <laughs> yeah, my, free, right. my free water. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wait, I'm, I'm sorry, it's not, You're gonna. Get, it has. We just have. We have a money tree revenue installed. Yeah. I'm sorry. Can I get one of those Perrier. helmets with two beer things on it? <laughs> I, I only had one Perrier left in the refrigerator, so. And that one's for me tomorrow. Okay, well, all right. We're starting to work on decorations. If people are listening and watching and want to start uh, decorating the new studio, I had Donya Lester is leaving. Uh, she's retiring as the uh, uh, from Purdue University in the Ag College. She's uh, she's been their alumni uh, group leader uh, for for twenty years. So she's got a whole office full of stuff. So she's she's getting us. She's going to be a guest next month. Uh, it'll be for her first post collegiate. She can speak freely and tell us what she really thinks. Um, but <laughs> unlike Steve, who just does it anyway. Yeah. Uh, but she, I got she's, tenure. <laughs> she's fine. Uh, she, uh, she's bringing us a, uh, Bobby Knight poster uh, where he was wearing the Purdue colors. It's so like life size. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's, it's going to be, it's you like, need a little chirp, eat some chirp, chirp swag. Hey, yeah. help us hook us up, man. Let me see what I can do. Well, she's, you got she's, any old Papa John stuff you want to no. put on the wall? He didn't tell you she's leaving. She decided to leave Purdue because of Andy Gross. <laughs> that's, well, between that's Gross it. and Schnatter, right? I mean, yeah, you know, you, yeah. It's just well, too much. Time to get out. Just hashtag Gross is Gross. That mm-hmm. was the hashtag trending on Twitter. Yep. Have you ever uh, generated a hashtag? Everybody it protested you enough to create a hashtag? In no, anger? no, but but I will. I, when I was at St. Lawrence uh, in the late nineties, when the when the sort of anti WTO and anti free trade stuff in Seattle and all that was happening, there was a faculty member in the sociology department who had sort of whipped his students into an anti free trade frenzy. And and I had just moved from the econ department over to my associate dean job, and the secretary from econ calls me one morning. She says, "You need to come over here right now." And I go over there, and these guys had uh, these students had uh, chained the doors to the econ building. <laughs> uh, they had put crosses out on the lawn for all the people that free trade had killed, and drew like chalk, you know, chalk coffins on the on the ground. And they were passing literature out, and and wow. uh, and I walked. And I walked by one. One says, "One says to me, like, do you know what gets taught in these econ classes? Not knowing, right?" And I'm like, "Yes, I do. Do you? It's not clear, right? Because uh, and and the the uh, the Watertown TV station was out, so it was a WTTY, W W N N Y. You said all of the people that free trade has killed. Yeah, because capitalism. We know capitalism kills people, right? It's evil. Yeah. yeah. So never so mind. Was, it, never yeah. mind the 110 million right. people that have died from uh, well, right. the Communism centrally the controlled that, yeah. economy. Yeah. yeah, we don't count them. Have they? Have, has anybody talked to you uh, or asked you about uh, at this uh, trade war we've started in agriculture and what it's doing to our soybean farmers? We had some. We had some some bean guys in here a couple months ago. I, I no one's. I haven't done any media local media or anything on it um i've seen some clips of indiana farmers being pretty upset right uh and getting, that's getting, the you know as really we killed by it if we as we've raised these tariffs on steel and aluminum the you know that's the right hook we've sent and the retaliation yeah. has been on right. on soybeans right. which has caused uh pricing to drop so right. these guys it, right. soybeans are a, an annual thing right yeah. so you've you sold your crop last year, and now you've got pricing locked in this year. So they're they just know something's coming, but right. you haven't sold anything yet. Yeah, yeah, no. And this is you know the 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 image of the trade war, right? Is 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 the is the gun that backfires in your own face, right? That you think you're shooting someone else, but you're ultimately shooting you know shooting yourself. Yeah, it's um, the the old Elmer Fudd right, shotgun, that's right, right? That's backwards. right. That's yeah. right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and and. Uh, you know, did you see this John Oliver clip that's been going around too from a couple nights ago? I guess it was where he did this whole. Long, 
Yeah, it was the HBO thing on. He did one on HSAs that I just watched. But this was this one on this on trade. It was great. It wasn't. I mean, it, was, it wasn't misinformed. He no, was actually no. Correct. In fact, he was correct. It's been a minute since he's been right on one. Yeah, no, he was correct. Probably since uh, very correct. I mean, right. to the point where several of my colleagues said, said even with the adult language, they were going to use it in class. Right? So, really? Yeah, it's about twenty minute clip actually yeah so. normally his stuff's mm. on youtube we'll have to look for that yeah it's out there um it's, it's that's where i saw it yeah so look for it it was it's very good his work um, on civil asset his video on civil asset forfeiture was fantastic yeah yeah he no, was I, good on that one right and it's you know this is something right really interesting if two things are interesting about this one people on the left all of a sudden becoming free traders <laughs> Because it's because Trump. So, yeah. so right? as libertarians, yep. we we you know we yeah. we never have real huge power. So we we and we get to be the people that beat the same drum over and over and over again. Right. And then the the big D's and the big R's that when they're in power, they're here. And then they I'm holding my hands out left yep. and right. And then we're going to swap. They yep. trade as soon, right. as soon as you lose majority, you swap. So. You know, so, de- right. now Democrats are against bombing people, but they're for free trade. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have them with me on the free trade side. I, I, you know, I'm not sure how long they're going to stay there. Right. So, so that's really interesting. And the other, the other interesting thing here is this is the kind of thing libertarians need to be better at, right? Having someone like this who can be funny, uh, and, and incisive and put something like this together and that's and make Chase. It work. You just yeah. described Chase. Well, really? Yeah, that's that's yes. Yeah. He's still trying to find a draft night over. <laughs> he's he's I think not we've even settled on a Wednesday. Next, he, he's next not Wednesday. even uh, a member of the local libertarian, libertarian party. Um, they ask for a fee, man. <laughs> I like free stuff. There's no such it's thing as twenty five dollars a year, yes. man. Okay, so we were talking. We were talking a minute ago about civil asset forfeiture. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and in the group chat, whenever we were planning this, is uh, the, from the Cato Institute, Indiana came oh, yes. in uh, number three of overall personal freedom. freedom in the United States or the fifty states. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how they uh, map that out? It's a it, it's a really they've got a lot of factors right that into this very thing. precise. Yeah. I mean, the weights are down to like point zero one percent of the total, right? And it's got a lot of stuff in it. And personal freedom is like 34% or something of, of that. So they're, it's they're not, looking at regulations, yeah. personal freedom, economic freedom, right. lawsuits, yeah. land policies, right. marriage, education, fiscal. Right. Uh, marijuana policy. I mean, everything, right? And so yeah. Yeah. I was. Victimless I mean, crimes, to, health insurance, all I'll kinds be honest, of stuff. I was surprised to see Indiana number three. I was, I was, I was not surprised to see New York number 50. <laughs> uh, not at all. I was surprised to see number three because – I mean, economic in the in the recent uh, uh, economic freedom of the world index when I looked at the states, Indiana I think was number nine, uh, and I wrote a my colleague Todd Nesbitt and I did an op ed about that in the monthly paper. Um, so on economic freedom number nine, but but you don't think of Indiana as a place that's high in personal freedom. No. Uh, well, no. we got those Sunday sales now. Well, yeah, right. Well, but 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 that counted for something, right? Some yeah. of the the, the, the you know relaxation right. of alcohol Be- because we're up we're up by one rank right. since the last time right. they did and, it. And so they were, but they look at a broad range of things. If you're going to count gun laws, Indiana's gun laws are pretty good, right? Um, so some you know the stuff that they included in there actually, I was like, all right, that that makes sense. Um, we have more casinos than we've ever had. Yes, that was another one they had in, in there yeah. too. And now Caesar's Palace, by the way, has bought out. They bought uh, uh, the Hoosier and yeah and yeah. Uh, uh, we grand, we yeah. have we convinced ourselves that we are the most we we take a long time to get there. We're, we're not like Churchill said about the Americans that you know they eventually we get to yeah. the right thing. Uh, we convinced ourselves that it's okay to have race tracks, horse racing, and then we said it's okay if the horse racing tracks have video poker. Right. 
Right. And but God forbid we have any table dealers. We can't have that yet. And then we said we can have we can have a casino as long as it floats and they have the casino has to float down the river. And then we said, ah, well, as long as it's floating, we can go ahead and just keep it to the dock. Right. And true. then and then we had a landlocked area that said in Orange County that said, oh, we really want a casino. So they built a moat. So they put a boat in a moat. And we could have a casino in Orange County at West Baden. Yeah. And then uh, and then finally we said to hell with it. We can just go ahead and build casinos so, wherever we want to. So I'm a big blackjack player. Right. And so when I, you know, Hoosiers, what? 25 minutes up the road from me and Fishers, right? So one time my wife was out of town. I said, all right, I'm going to go up and play. And I have to say it was one of the most disappointing casino experiences <laughs> of my life, uh, mostly because it's at the Blackjacks all video. There's a person, but you're playing these video machines, right? Mm-hmm. And like – so back to our earlier topic. Look, p- part of why I go to play Blackjack is I like hanging at a table with people who are enjoying themselves. That's the community aspect, right? right. I don't yeah. care if that – you know, if I lose a little money, I lose a little money. I'm having fun. Uh and I don't want to get so oh, – it was just so depressing, right? Like losing money felt awful because you're not even having the enjoyment, right, out of ha- you know the, the camaraderie that comes with actually having a dealer. Yeah, you know, that's what I'm people who – Dakota's experience in the casino last year for our state convention <laughs> or libertarian convention. Well, that was with actual people. It, it just became awkward for me because I, I you know, uh, is – was getting ready to get married in a single income household. So I wasn't trying to spend yeah. a lot of money. Yep. And I was playing next to a man who was betting with hundred dollar chips. Yep. <laughs> yep. And I was like, uh, I feel super uncomfortable because now I feel bad that I've lost $50 yeah. and he's uh, betting hundreds. But yeah, I think that, uh, going back to the Indiana being number three, yeah. I think that, uh, right to work. Yep. That's another, helped us. Yeah. That's another big one um, too. Yep. Yeah, and that, again, and, the, and, and as, as they point out in, in that study, right, from a regulatory perspective, we are pretty good, right? There's a couple things they point to where we could be better, but, but, uh, and, and another one that issue they raised, we've not, the Indiana has not raised the minimum wage, state minimum wage, right, above the federal level. So, right. so that's another, that's a biggie, right? So, uh, and great, um, uh, uh, Educational options like you know so K twelve uh, vouchers and credits and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, so these, many these things count, right? So many people don't understand how how those things have an effect on personal freedom, like that, because of the fight for fifteen that's yeah, going on right yeah. now. We have the whole every single person in the United States now is against Betsy DeVoe and she, her voucher program. So now all of that's screwed up for us. Yeah. And no one looks past the now this videos on Facebook, right? So that's, that's really put the screws yeah. to our whole, uh, political type discussions. Yeah. But one question that, uh, came in from a listener, Stephen, um, he, he was asking, uh, actually, I'll, I'll just read you his yeah. question. He says, please ask the economists about how trails, sidewalks, and bikeability affect a community. First of all, Stephen, he has a name. It's Steve. You should know that. <laughs> <laughs> Easy to remember. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting question. So I, I just in where we live in Fishers, just finished this bike trail that runs essentially from Connor Prairie right down 131st and down Lantern Road and then kind of goes right into the municipal complex where like the library and all that stuff is. Uh, and already now that it's done, there's people out there biking and walking. And I think it, I think those are good amenities to have, right? And I think one of the things libertarians perhaps don't talk enough about, e- even if you're inclined to be an anarchist libertarian, it seems to me anything that reduces the size of government down to the most local level possible is a good thing. Yep. So it's it's much, you know, it's harder I think for libertarians to complain as much about local government stuff. Often it's done better. 
not always, often it's done better, but you have the ability to move, right? I mean, you, if you don't, if I'm a pissed at Fishers, right, I can move, no, not to Carmel. Down there, <laughs> but, you can you go know, to Westfield. Where, Westfield or yeah. Noblesville, all right, yes. that's okay. Never go. Carmel. <laughs> just, so quick, just a quick story on this because I'm talking about this. Fishers has a great farmer's market, by the way, if you've never been on Saturday morning. It's a great farmer's market. Carmel has one too. The difference is that Carmel's farmer's market actually has a rule that says you may not bring dogs to the farmer's yep, market. Yeah, I've been to Carmel's farm, farmer's what? market. What? Right. That's why I go is to go hang out with the dogs. I mean, the food's nice <laughs> and everything, but <laughs> go hang out with the dogs. And it's just such a nice difference between Carmel and Fish like these. Hey, insider, insider information. Jesse dogs. Riddle actually runs the Carmel Farmer's Market, apparently. With his hatred for dogs and children. Yeah. Well, okay, <laughs> there you go then. So, but but that kind of stuff, right? I think to the to to our what's his name again? Oh yeah, Stephen. Steve, yeah, Stephen. Yes, uh, I think his, it's a good question, right? And those things, I think they matter. Uh, and those are ways that lo- if if you want to, if local communities want to attract people, right? What do you need? You need good schools. You need safety, right? And you need those sort of basic amenities, right? To to the to the Streets have huge potholes. No, good. Are the schools good? Yeah. You know, can you can you get down to the library? Yeah. That's all you need. You don't need these big sort of you know development plans and all this kind of stuff. People will come if you have the basics. Here in our community, yeah. we've seen some some very nice improvements happening. Uh, one of our uh, we've got like five elementary schools in in, in the Newcastle School Corporation, mm-hmm. uh, and they've been putting in sidewalks in front of mm-hmm. the Riley Elementary School, the one in my neighborhood, and uh, our ma- literally Main Street, uh, the North-South Street, and then Riley Road is one of our main east-west mm-hmm. arteries through town. Uh, they're finally installing sidewalks there, and it's a great thing. Those are being installed now. I wish they went another 500 feet south to my neighborhood, but yeah. uh, eventually they'll get there. Uh, but it's a, it's a big deal, and it, it makes it does make a community more walkable. Right. So they've, they've done a lot of work to try to make bike paths happen yeah. and walking. Yeah. That's It helps with the uh, with accessibility and, 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 and when you think, I mean, you know, again, even as libertarians from a sort of tax perspective whatever these are not expensive things in the big picture better that than you're than you're th- throwing you know subsidy money at all kinds of corporations who are going to not do anything productive right those aren't going to bring those aren't going to bring permanent jobs those aren't going to bring residents in right i mean you know and and even with the schools point it's not necessarily that you have to think in terms of public schools if you have a locality that and if, and if the state allows for some flexibility for charter schools and so on right let the localities open it up as much as possible it's about school quality it's not about necessarily whether it's public or private so the city here yeah, has uh, Aaron Dick in front of the show has been talking about trash this has been like his issue he they had a trash ordinance there was this thing about mm-hmm. are we going to pick up large trash when does it get done that the, he he and the mayor have been having this discussion and and now they're saying, okay, we've got a large trash ordinance in place, but now every time the city – because the city runs its own trash company basically. Yeah. They have their trucks and they run their schedule. So if you live in the city, you pay $12 a month and the city picks up your trash and takes care of it. So you're on their schedule. And I and they and now they have a program. Well, we're not charging enough money, so and we can't replace trash bins. And if the, the lid gets messed up, they've got this list, and you're stuck on this list for years, and you can't get new things. And you're supposed shocking to be able, you're that supposed the to, city, yeah, is, right, yeah. <laughs> you're supposed to be able to get a free second tro- toter, but they've run out of toters. I imagine, imagine what nationalized healthcare would look like. So. So Aaron is trying to solve this problem as, as local governments do. He's, he's, he's having conversations and saying, Hey, if we take the fee from $12 to $15, we have a dedicated fee to replace these things. Um, what, you know, will that solve the problem? And I'm, I'm talking to Aaron and, and I've been talking to him all week about it. I said, you know, I have private trash service. So I, where I live, I live five doors down from city limits. So I don't pay the city for my trash. I, they, they don't offer it where I live. I pay 
whatever I pay, $19 a month or something. It goes to the same landfill. And it goes to the same (laughs) landfill. It's directly with the landfill contractor, and I could choose from three different groups to do it. Yep. And I say, you know, if I if something happens to my trash trash bin lid because their their truck literally dropped the trash can today, the lid popped off. It's the second time it's happened. I called them. They send somebody out, and then a week within a week, my trash can lid is replaced and my bin works yep. again. And meanwhile, if I, in the city, I have been waiting year. for a year and a half. I've been waiting eighteen months since well, I submitted a request for two new trash toters. So, Hamilton County has multiple trash providers, right? So when we moved to Fishers, I contracted with one not republic who is evil uh, <laughs> but a different one and then found out like a couple weeks later and i did not know this we have a homeowner association that the hoa has a contract for the whole association oh, so with, gotta go with, with, with one with one company but not the one i went with right but here's the interesting part so i so i called the one i went with and i charged the whole year ahead of time because it was cheaper right and i called them up and explained what happened Refund like that. Not even a question, right? We'll, ref- we'll refund it. Let us know if you don't get it. You know, uh, blah, blah. So again, the competition there, even though the HOA mandates that we go with the one and then there, and, but the HOA could change that contract, right? So it's still, I mean, it's, it's not that, that, that if they, you know, they mess up, there's still exit options. Uh, but the comp- competition, man, it's, it's good. <laughs> the uh, yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm challenging the city saying why do you even have to offer trash service yeah what what if you sold the trucks and you said hey you guys you will say we have a rule everybody has to have trash service but we have we, we yeah. you have to have health care right yeah. pick any trash service you want yeah. i don't care which one you have but you, ha- you pick any one of the three yeah. and then you get you get better service yeah. uh, better prices even <laughs> better service <laughs> Uh, it's a TNH sweeper. It's big that, and that, big, big garbage. Yeah. <laughs> this has been trash talk with Dakota, C, <laughs> Dakota and Chase and Jer. Uh, Kirsten says that uh, she asked for a trash toter in 2010, and she's still waiting. Right, yeah. She's buying a new yeah. house. Instead. So just, just, just imagine, just imagine what nationalized healthcare would look like. Right, that's, that's why I'm moving. Yeah. Is it's easier to buy a new house? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the reality is, government has really good intentions. They want to make it work. But they can't react well. They can't just change their prices if they no, want and to. It's, and you have a it's it's bureaucracy. So yeah, even if the best of intentions, it doesn't right. work well. It's because it is designed to move slowly. It's supposed to move slowly, which is a good thing. It's not a bad thing that government moves slowly because we obviously We'd be in bigger trouble if it moves exactly. Quickly. <laughs> so it's. It's not that it's Aaron Dickens' fault because he but it communicates. Is. It really is yeah. Aaron's fault. Right. No, but, yeah, but of course. It, it is. Right. But this is an important point, right? And especially in these debates we're seeing now about democratic socialism and all that, right? I just had a piece out today uh, on Cato's website, libertarianism.org, on this. But these problems are not because people are evil. They're not because – it's not that every democratic socialist is you know, Stalin behind the mask or something, right? But that these systems have structural failures in them. That even with the best of intentions can't do the things that, that the people, that people want them to do. Right. Right. And, and that's, and those are problems that aren't problems that can be solved by getting better people or getting more ethical people or, or whatever. Exactly. Well, we're at that point where it's, it's getting to be past Steve's bedtime. He, yeah, uh, no joke. <laughs> I got to drive an hour home. So he's yeah, got, he's got a cruise. Uh, so I, I guess we'll start final thoughts. Steve, you have anything to plug? You want uh, anybody uh, to read any articles uh, well, uh, on social I will, media? I, I will plug that one again, libertarianism.org. I uh, just had this piece out on, on, on democratic socialism. It came out today, so you can take a look at that. That's a Cato Institute project. Sometime soon, 
I think now maybe the very end of 2018. I have a big project with Cato on Austrian economics that has a series of video lectures and audio lectures and a, book, a sort of short ebook that will be out from them uh, soon. Uh, other things to plug uh, the the now the institute formerly known as uh, we will be beginning our our uh, lecture series on September 12th, Wednesday, September 12th. With a guy named Chris Supernaw, who's a philosophy professor actually at University of New Orleans, will be talking about. Is he uh, related to Doug Supernaw, the country music artist? I do not know. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, Chris will be will be talking about uh, incarceration, mass incarceration, and talking about some of the reasons why why we have it in the United States and what what we can do about it. So that should be that should be good. And and as we have more speakers coming, we'll. Uh, we will get that word out. And folks can – the best place to follow me is on Facebook. I'm right at 5,000 friends, but you can always follow me. You can follow my public figure page as well. It doesn't get updated as often. Uh, and as I like – well, as you guys know from my Facebook page, uh, what is it? It's a 5,000-person economic seminar in a bar with really good food, <laughs> uh, lots of good classic rock on. Uh, You're a huge Rush fan, I'm right? I'm a huge. I'm a huge I Rush fan. Rush. Yeah. So we got and and uh, uh, and really really good beer. So um, you know, come on down and uh, and join the party. Uh, if you if you have not friended me on Facebook and you do, send me a message that says you heard me on Boss Hog, and I will try to move you to the front of the line. <laughs> there you there's go. A, there's a so, line. This is this is part of the perks for get for yeah, Patreon, right? Go. If you if you you know if you pay for support through Patreon, you get the top of the line for Horowitz's friend request. Every so, time I I listen to Rush, I think of Bubbles from Trailer Park Boys, <laughs> and you should, <laughs> and you should, yeah. Uh, so, have you had any uh, any other issues with the uncoke my campus people? Uh, it's it's been quiet on campus. Uh, it'd be interesting to see whether the Schnatter Palooza re- reinvigorates them. That's what but I was the, interested the, in. The group of kids, I think, who were who were most active in that a couple of years ago graduated. So it was fairly quiet last year. There was a little bit about this time of year last year. Then it got quiet, and it's been quiet. I mean, the you know the the national organization poked a little fun uh, at me us. For, for being stuck with the Schneider name in that sort of window where we were stuck with it. But now they can't do that anymore. So, I, you know, I don't know. Um, it's at Ball State. It's called the Progressive, Progressive Student, Student Alliance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was the group. And they're, ironically, they meet in our building, by the way, too, in the business <laughs> building, which is kind of funny. Uh, but they've been very quiet and they have their own thing going on and their own issues that they're interested in. So we haven't heard much from them. I'm sure that they will be rallying around uh, what's her name Cortez in New York and the democratic socialist stuff and all that maybe though those you know maybe that's not radical enough for them I'm not sure uh, but it's been quiet and I suspect it will stay quiet and and one of the interesting things that in the sort of wake of this Nader stuff is that we're trying to uh, get a meeting with the Black Student Association and really sort of see what we can do to to find out where our missions overlap and see how we can yeah, work I had with a, so I had a conversation I'd love with, to hear about that yeah, yeah. I had a conversation with a member of the Progressive Student Alliance there, and uh, I, I ended up – oh, I asked him something about Bernie's Medicare for All and uh, just having a friendly conversation. And he's, he told me, Bernie Sanders is not left enough. enough. Yeah, no, so they are – they're out there. That group is out there. And that's – you know, thankfully, it's probably why they don't get much done. Um, <laughs> but, you know, too many meetings. Uh, but yeah, they've been quiet, which is good. I mean, you know, for uh, from our perspective, we we're doing really good work with students, and we want to be able to keep doing it. Awesome. Um, but if they want to, you know, I'm happy to talk with them. My offer to them for 
I've offered to sit down, have coffee with them. My treat, not even Coke money out of my own pocket. Uh, <laughs> no takers. <laughs> not even Coke money. There we go. Chase, what's, what's up in your world, man? Well, he's trying to decide whether to draft luck or not. You're running for uh, for something coming up pretty soon. The Henry aren't you? County Council, yes. Well, I, I want the I want the voters to know a little bit more about you. Uh oh. <laughs> so this is, I, this is the, this is where the campaign ended right here. <laughs> I have some serious questions. All right, you've been married for a while now. What is your your favorite part about your wife? Favorite part about my wife. Mm-hmm. I don't think he means body part. I think he means something else. <laughs> what is your favorite part about you know, being married to your wife? I I really enjoy the partnership. I do. Like mm-hmm. it's been that's been the best part. Uh, is I'm not going it alone anymore, Chase. You're, you're, someday you'll get to find this out too or feel it. But it's like it's like you're not on the uh, you're not at the circus on the rope all by yourself. Mm. You've got a teammate. And that's yeah, been really cool. It's not a, it's not a one person trapeze yeah. act anymore. Somebody right? else is letting the dog out fine, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's really I, I could cool. have been that person. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's legal in Indiana. Now, yeah, true. <laughs> unless you teach at a Catholic school. <laughs> what's uh, what's your yeah. least favorite part about being married to your wife? Man, uh, okay. Here, here, truth time, Chase. <laughs> truth time. I used to have a king size bed all to myself, <laughs> and now. Now I have to start in the middle of the bed just to give a little so that I can have a tiny bit at the end. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's the, the – and, man, it's toasty. So before, it's, it's Audrey, warm. before Audrey and I got married, it was me and Daisy, my German shepherd yep. that lived here, and we shared the bed. And Daisy would <laughs> Daisy would sleep in the bed like a human. So she would crawl <laughs> up and she would put her head on the pillow. That's great. And um, – and now it's like if if Audrey leaves for a weekend, like with her mom and her sister going somewhere, Daisy knows, and she <laughs> she hops up in the she's bed back. like immediately. It's like it, before I even get to bed, she's in the spot already. When when I was living in New York, we had a little nine pound Yorkie, and my wife, my ex wife, and my daughter had bought it when I was. They told me, but they bought it when I was out of town, right? So I come home. <laughs> After three days or whatever, the dog's been in the house for a while, right? And I walk in the door and the dog's like, rawr, 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 rawr. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. And then I go upstairs to bed. The dog's on the bed, right? And I go to get the bed. Dog's rawr, 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 rawr. So no, no, I don't think you understand the relationship here. <laughs> this is, you are not, this is not yours and you don't get to bark me at nine pounds out of the uh, bed. Yeah. No, that's just not happening. That, that leads me into my next question. If you had to choose between getting rid of all the dogs in the world or <laughs> bacon, which oh, one would you choose? Oh, that is such a great question. Man. Oh, oh that is such a great Man, question. Man, I like my bacon. Uh, I, I, yeah, but <laughs> all I, of the dogs? All of the dogs. I, mean, no, I this would is... sacrifice my dogs, right? I would, I'm Ooh, no, mine. I mean, everybody, you would no, have no, to individually no kill every dog anymore. in the world. Yeah, no. That, yeah. We like, like what? Well, yeah. Thanos just make them disappear, right? No. <laughs> yeah. I'd I, I keep the dogs and get rid of bacon. Yeah, I, I would, would too. I would, yeah. I would too. But now, I would be I would be selfless enough to get rid of my dogs to save bacon for everybody else. I would do that. Is that Sorry. selfless? Sorry, Garth. That sounds and Riley. heartless. No, that's selfless. But <laughs> I would, I would have to, I would have to let Bacon go to save yeah. all of the. That's dogs. A, that is an outstanding my, uh, question. I, my my uh, my adult daughter will appreciate that. I'm going to text you. her that question this evening because I I know what she's going to she'll she'll be pissed off. She'll, uh, but she will get rid of Bacon. <laughs> it's my prediction. All right. Um, for your fantasy draft, yes. Do you go with a running back first or a wide receiver? 
Oh wow! I, now you, you'll you've not played in my league yet. Mm-hmm. My Yahoo league, we get point per Yahoo. Uh, point per, point per completion. He's sixty. Whatever. I played in the Yahoo League for fifteen years. I've been exactly. playing in the Yahoo League. <laughs> at, least since at least it's not an AOL league. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we uh, we are like a point scoring machine in that league. Um, so I would I would take a quarterback. I typically try to take a quarterback first round. Really? Yeah, yeah. And then running That's backs aggressive. are important. Yeah, we go quarterback, then we go if running you're back, points and then per we completion, up, right? Yeah. Versus touchdowns, right? Yeah, yeah it's sure. huge. And then we get yeah. if you get 400, 500 yard games, you get you get extra points there as well. Yeah. So a, a good quarterback is an 80, 90 point a game guy, and three or four hundred wow. points a week will win. So in the Yahoo League, I'm in. You know, if you get yourself back in the day, Peyton Manning or a Tom take, Brady or, take or an Eric, yeah, take Stafford, Stafford this year. Uh, Breeze, one of those guys that are going to get you four or five touchdown game and five hundred yards, four hundred yards. Yeah. All day long in the first round. Okay. And then I come back and get in two or three good running backs because we're point per rush, point per completion, point per catch. And then we go uh, with the um, – we also look for special teams players. Uh, this is – got the full breakdown, Steve. Uh, but it, yeah. kick returns, punt returns, and, and kick return yards are right. big and, as well. And in, in ones that go by – that put more emphasis on scoring, presumably you want the run – that's when you want the running back. For yeah. see, yep. see what you did? See, there's more <laughs> – there's, there's less good running backs out there. There's way more wide receivers, so I usually go running back first. But I've never done a point per completion, so yeah. that changes the game completely. Oh, it's huge. Quarterbacks are very big. You and if you if your guy gets hurt, you've got to make the decision. There's only 32 teams. If there's 12 guys in a league and everybody's holding on to two quarterbacks, or if there's 14 in the league, that's even worse. And then everybody's got two quarterbacks. If you lose a dude. You've got like three or four quarterbacks to choose from. You're taking the guy off the Browns or the Jets or the Redskins. Oh boy! And and then you got to yeah. hope he starts. All right. And so it's it's a high risk. One more question. Yep. What do you think the Colts' record will be this year? Uh, think or pray for. They look good against Seattle first game. Terrible against Baltimore. Both. I I would absolutely ceiling. Eight. No, you have to, it has to be has to add up to sixteen, Dakota. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> absolute ceiling best case scenario great season it's an 11 and 5 team 11 and uh, 5 everything goes great not a chance. i yeah, think that's never i think we're probably headed towards 8 and 8 and if things are bad it's a 6 and 10 team but i think they're 8 and 8 9 and 7 okay. i think we're somewhere in there because i think andrew luck is that good so you're saying they you win that Hilton many back. games even if andrew luck gets hurt if, if, if luck gets hurt or goes out they're a five or six win team with Brissett and the new offense. Okay. But I really think that starting with Andrew Luck, you're seven or eight, and it's it could, if everything goes right, you're eleven win team. I think they can make the playoffs. I think they can be a five or six seed. That, okay. That's that's it. You guys are, are you taking bets division? on that, man? No, no. <laughs> no, we're not putting money on it. Uh but I they've got a they've got a really good nucleus. They got a lot of guys that are gonna need a little bit of time, but they had five four or five second round draft picks. Yeah. And you've still got T.Y. Hilton. You've got, you've got Andrew Luck who's coming back. You've got, uh, the Frank Reich offense. That defense is going to get better with time. They're going to, they're going to run the cover two and they've got speed. They're building speed. I think you're they're a year away be from better. being good. Yeah. We're, well, we, we thought that in 2011 or 2012. Yeah. And hell, they won the division and, you know, we beat Kansas City in the playoffs. So who knows? That's why it's fun. That's why we play the game. Gotcha. Anything else? That's all I got. All right. Man, dogs versus bacon. That I'm still working on that. <laughs> yeah, one. that was a good. One. My million dollar question. question. It's great. It's great. Yeah, and you can fry them both at the state fair. <laughs> 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 All right. My final thoughts. Um, of course, I want to thank the uh, Patreon people. 
um, is sticking with us through thick and thin. And as we get into the new studio, you guys are going to be paying for it. Um, I appreciate you very much. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> you're not a Patreon, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to say He's really, staff. I do want to say really quick though that I, I really firmly believe that not just the people in Henry County, but the people across the state really need to pay attention to who they are going to be voting for in the November election. There has been a lot going on in uh, the world of politics right now. Um, there's a, a lot being said, and I, I firmly, firmly believe that in Henry County, we have a great lineup for people who are going to be the best people possible to serve on the council to help get our budget situation back in order. Just like Clay Morgan said that uh, we need, you know, Chad Malico uh, gave Jeremiah a great endorsement. And I think that that Chad endorsed me. Wow. I said Clay news. Morgan oh, mentioned oh, yes. Chad yes. and you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, he endorsed poor, both poor of Chad you guys. Is, he just got in trouble. No. He, no. Clay endorsed both of you guys. Although, Chad, you can, if you want to endorse me. Yeah, there we go. But I, I think that it's really important. And the, the same goes with um, Mark Rutherford, who is running for Secretary of State. I firmly, I 100% with all my being, believe that Mark Rutherford is the most qualified candidate for Secretary of State. Uh, in the he, state he's going to legally be allowed to finish his term if Who, he wins. Who's running yeah. against him? Uh, we have, uh, well, of course, we have the Republican and Democrat. What's the uh, what's the Republican's name that's not going to be able to finish her term? Uh, it's uh, the, the 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 lady that replaced Charlie White. I, I can't remember her name. Big for the life big of me. fan of her. Are you? <laughs> yeah, you're a Republican, huh? She's my favorite. Hmm. I paid the fee for that. Uh, Jim Harper's you know a Democrat because and, uh, I'm a I winner. Jim, I know Jim Harper's a Democrat because I know I know that uh, he got an endorsement today that wasn't uh, in our favor. Connie Lawson is the uh, the current. Connie Lawson. She's the current Secretary yeah. of State, and she's, she's not she's going right at, to be able. She's right to, at eight years, and she'll be uh, she'll she'll blow right by it. Because, yeah, because she, the guy before her went up in jail. Uh, Charlie White, who's uh, also a. a host on the indiana talks network where we're, we're he's our cohort he's uh he's on indiana talks and so are we but uh charlie did a little prison time after uh, some trouble he got into in hamilton county and got tossed out yeah was, mark uh, mark rutherford is absolutely the best choice that we have for secretary of state because if you if you vote for the republican you are not voting for the person or the candidate you are voting for the republicans to be able to pick who the secretary of state is next and that is not right at all and uh so yeah, I firmly believe that uh, at least uh, three of these three of these guys for uh, county level races or four, I guess. Tom Furkenhoff uh, for Congress. You have uh, Mark Rutherford for Secretary of State, Jesse Riddle for District Three County Council, and Jeremiah Morrill for uh, District One County Council. And as far as uh, countywide politics go, those are. I, I firmly believe that each and every one of those are the best qualified candidates for the job that are in the race currently. And Lucy Brenton will be on your ballot as well for the Senate side. Yep, uh, she will. And you'll see uh, you'll see Lucy come to town hopefully when we open up the uh, new LP headquarters. Uh, final thoughts for me, real quick. Uh, we're running long. Happy birthday tomorrow to the uh, lovely Sarah Potter Morrill. Uh, big birthday celebration tomorrow, so that's going to be some fun. Uh, thank you very much to Steve for joining us. This has been fun. My pleasure. Glad you're and here again. Anytime. All right. This is, uh, this is very good. And, uh, next week we're going to have, uh, the final shows that we record in this studio. Uh, yeah. it's going to be, there's going to be teary. I, I don't even know. <laughs> or, or be, be, you know some yeah, special decorations. Yeah. Stuff, uh, I think we had to like, you know, knock down the walls or something in here as we, well, we, we assume that the new studio we will be have, ready. We, we could, have we could to get leave our mark. Trouble. 
Yeah, we definitely should graffiti the hell out of these walls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, no. well, all these sound panels are up with staples, and the signs are up with nails. I'm pretty sure we left enough marks I'm gonna in the pee room. on that wall, and it's going to say, Chase was here. Chase I, was I here. even ripped up a quarter round trim to put down the soundproofing in the corners. So, uh, yeah, next week we've got Chris Bowers coming on, and then we are going to do a special episode uh, that's going to air Labor Day week because the entire st- – we cannot do a show without Dakota and I. That's a blood pact we made a long time ago that every show has the two of us. When yep. one of us is out of town, we have to record one early, so you're going to get a canned show Labor Day week. Uh, and it's going to be Darren Jacobs, uh, <laughs> Jordan Bruno, the yep. guy that lived out of his van for episode 15, I think, uh, Danny Morrill, Dakota, and myself. And Darren has been growing ghost peppers all year long. And – I don't know how it's going to work, but a number of the co-hosts are going to try ghost peppers oh, on boy. that show. <laughs> Should I put so, some in my gin and tonic? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go. Jared, it's going to be. It's going to be ugly. I've heard a rumor going around that since we're not using his room anymore, that we're tossing him out. We're, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Once once we yeah. can replace him, you can have the big chair. I heard that's so, what it is. It's it's Jaren Chase show. <laughs> very knowledge- I'm very knowledgeable about all these subjects. Yes, for sure. You are, Chase. I right. appreciate it. <laughs> this has been fun, everybody. We will see you next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Boss Hog of Liberty, which is part of the We Are Libertarians network. I am Chris Spangle, and I am the founder of this network. And I invite you to listen to all of our shows, which you can find at wearelibertarians.com or by searching for these in your podcatcher. The flagship show is the We Are Libertarians podcast, where we apply libertarian principles to current events. The Brian Nichols Show is a conversation amongst Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, as they talk about what is happening in the news. And we have many other podcasts like The Chris Spangle Show, Upward, The Cost, Raw Audio Politics, Miranda's World, and Tad Talk, which is quite a ride. So check all of these out. Go to WeAreLibertarians.com and you can check out all of our great podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at WeAreLibertarians.com. In the span of two years, podcast advertising has become a billion-dollar industry. Why? Changes to social media and search engines aren't getting the same results as they used to. And let's be honest, why would anyone want to financially support them? Plus, the loyal audiences of audio brands have a better return on investment. Need more convincing on that? Look up Edison Research's Infinite Dial. As the longest-running libertarian network, the audience of the We Are Libertarians podcast network have been our partners in growth for almost a decade. We are looking for advertisers that will enhance the lives of our listeners, and we have only six slots available for companies that are looking to grow with us. Volume matters in advertising, and no other libertarian brand can offer you over 40 episodes across 10 shows a month while reaching tens of thousands of people for one easy monthly payment. It is simple. Email me now, Chris Spangle at chrisspangle.com and let us start supporting your business as you support ours. This is Chris Spangle, host of Liberty Explained, and we are libertarians. And when you first become a libertarian, it's really confusing. There's all these new ideas that you've never heard presented by all these people that you don't know, and it can be so hard to grasp all that quickly. 
but we've got you covered. Go to libertyexplained.com. We're going to break down issues. You can search the tags and find out something quickly, watch a video, or listen to a podcast from some of the top experts in libertarianism. And we also have video playlists that we've collected and a list of the top podcasts. And we even have a podcast ourselves with Julia Geyer, Levy Rainey, and myself, where we answer your questions about libertarianism. So go check it out right now, libertyexplained.com. 